0: Jack's RPG podcast. I'm in Max 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 Max, Max. Max, Max 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 pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon. Why, hello, and welcome to season twenty-two, episode one of Happy Jack's RPG podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. My name is Stork,
1: and we have special guests.
2: Go ahead, Dan. You go first. Oh, hi. I'm Dan from Fear the Boot, and uh, I deigned to let this other guy tag along.
3: Yay, <laughs> I'm Scraps. That's not <laughs> even an anagram
4: for Chris. No, no it's not.
3: I'm close. No. Uh, yes, I'm, I, I'm Chris, uh, occasional uh, Fear the Boot co-host and general podcast vagabond of late. So. Well done.
4: Podcast vagabond. That's it. Yeah. That's a t-shirt right there.
5: It is. It is. It is. <laughs>
0: Well, thank you guys for joining us. We appreciate you coming yeah. on the show. Yeah, it's well, thank
2: you for having us. It's been Get years,
0: guys. Work. You guys have you guys have been doing this. We've been on
4: your show. You've been on our show. It's been what we were t- we were talking just before we came on. When did you guys start?
2: May fifteenth of two thousand six was the air date wow. of Fear the Boots first episode. So almost exactly t- was it twelve years ago? Mm-hmm. Twelve years, ten days. <laughs> wow! Thank you, Chris.
4: Wow, that's, nobody who's counting. That's a little creepy. <laughs>
5: yeah.
4: So um, actually, go ahead. You guys were one of the first out there. How, how has everything changed for you? Because I know we it, oh, we've changed our format a bit. They can't hear the
1: guests.
2: They can't
4: hear. The oh, guests. can't hear the guests. Still
1: they can't
2: hear us.
4: Okay, hold on.
2: Why tune in?
4: Right.
1: Right. Exactly. There's no other reason for them to watch this at all.
3: Oh yeah. Well Woo. So should we say horrible things about the guests then, as long as they can't hear us right now? Sure. Yeah. Carl's an asshole. I hate that guy.
1: <laughs> but you guys look beautiful on camera, so that, that's important. You're centered and you've got a great flag. Important things.
2: <laughs> Kimmy has a funny last name.
1: I do. I have a silly <laughs> weird last name.
2: We were making fun of it on our window. They were over on fear of the boot.
1: Yeah. Whoa.
2: Sorry. There's some oh, awesome They can sound. hear them now.
1: <laughs> oh, good. They can hear yes They can just them?
2: suddenly hear us. Yeah. Okay. Can you can sorry, turn me but, way down? Sorry now. about that Carl. <laughs>
1: All right, they can still hear you? Yes?
4: Everything went way, way up. That's okay. They that's get, okay. But they can hear them, right?
1: That's it. According, yep. Let's see. You I'll can. just take
4: my headphones off. It'll be still fine.
1: Still no. well, hear
3: It kind of looks let, like you're racing when you let do Let me that. see the OBS. You can see you're like the You're like the Memorex
2: guy in the chair with your headphones back. Like, <laughs>
4: Man, you're old.
2: <laughs> I was <laughs> going to say, Chris, like you, you... That's one of those things. Even but I am also you know, live. Okay. Even if you know the reference, you don't quote that. <laughs> like that 1984 uh, yeah Sork uh, commercial with the hammer.
4: Oh right yeah he's shown yeah. only once. You know who filmed <laughs>
1: that? No. Uh,
2: uh, yeah wait Ridley Scott.
1: Nice. Yep. Yeah. Cause they're so alike. Like yeah, no, the woman yeah, through the hammer we, was, the, was kind of he's got a grayer
4: beard. Like just yeah.
1: Is that how you glasses
4: look? Glasses? <laughs> what? It's like looking in a mirror. All I right. know we're like twins. With the hair. <laughs> yeah. sorry. All
1: right. Everything's good, we can continue on Oh,
4: excellent, okay So I was, uh, I was talking about how you guys were like one of the first RPGs out RPG podcasts out there And uh, this was 12 years, 10 days ago Yes, uh,
2: May 15th, 2006 <laughs> was our first You're episode You're very
1: informed, Stark, that's amazing that you knew that I remember
2: <laughs> <laughs> um,
4: How have things changed since, uh, since you guys started? I mean, other than this whole video thing, but that, that is a big deal
2: Oh, well, let's see. Okay, so first of all, if Dragon's Landing Inn came and went, and we have laughed atop the ashes.
1: Intense <laughs> <laughs> as oh, yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. we should probably, before we get into that, we should probably do introductions again, because I oh. missed that.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, they didn't so, hear us.
1: They heard us, but so why don't you guys introduce yourselves first?
2: Okay, so I'm Dan from the podcast Fear the Boot.
3: Uh, I am Chris, uh, also occasionally from Fear the Boot, um, but also... Uh, I suppose I actually should list a couple of other things. Uh, Gamers Behaving Badly
2: and uh, Adventures of Young and Holt right now. So. Yeah, Excellent. which is one of uh, the two actual plays where the boot is running.
0: So how, how, is, how has your experience been with actual plays?
2: Chris, you want to go first? <laughs> sure.
3: Um, I'll, I'll be happy to, Dan. Why, thank you. Um, I, I actually, I'm I'm finding it incredibly enjoying, uh, en- enjoyable in the sense that... Um, not only just from the the, the before and after of, of telling a story, so you're telling it once while you're at the table, you're telling it a second time when you go and edit it, because we, we added ours down a little bit, but also for the uh, educational experience that it has been and, and how it has actually uh, improved a number of things that I do in my games when it comes to running, uh, running you know, subsequent sessions and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It's actually... Um, uh, yeah, it's it's really it's really beneficial to my skill level, I guess, if you really want to put it in terms of like that.
2: The thing that I found is it forces us to actually follow our own advice, <laughs> right? <laughs> the yes. way that I have described fear, the because early on in Fear the Boots Rod, we had these people write in and say, "Oh, you think you guys are just so perfect? You got it all figured out." You know, I'd love to see you run a game and it'd probably flop and blow. It's like, no, 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 you gotta understand guys. Or this person didn't understand. Fear the boot is a monument to our failures. Mm-hmm. This is not advice <laughs> wrought from our vast intelligence. This is advice wrought from repeatedly running into a brick wall and then writing down on a piece of paper, brick walls do not give. And <laughs> out of that comes what is fear the boot. And we have our own games fail. And when they do, it's usually because we didn't follow our own advice. But now that we're being recorded and we know that there's people paying attention to us, it's, it's like when the boss walks into the room, Hmm. you suddenly have to pay attention to what you're doing. You have to look busy. You're talking about accountability. yeah, yeah, like when your wife walks in the room, so you have to pause the video game and at least walk toward the vacuum cleaner until she's a safe distance away.
3: <laughs> oh oh, all wives.
2: oh,
4: thank God you're actually playing video games when your wife yeah. walks in the room,
3: because that's not what happens when my wife walks into the room. So, <laughs> but there usually still is walking towards her at that point.
2: The, the game is going surprisingly well because of the fact that we aren't tripping over ourselves. <laughs> So we're actually validating our own ideas, which is which is something strangely unique and amazing. You
3: know, the, the scrutinizing thing is interesting too that you mentioned that, Dan, because it is a uh, you know so much at what you do at the table is just you know made up bullshit that is um, stuff that you're, you you throw it away or you throw it out there at the table, and then you're you're thinking in your head you're never going to go back to this, but then when you read other people's analysis of what's going on there, they're picking on some of these things that, you know, No, no, I had no plans for that at all, but now you start thinking in your head, maybe I should start planning for that. Um, so it is, it's, yeah, it is interesting that, 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 scrutiny level and you guys, get it a lot more than we do. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, in, in the sense that I, you know, in the fear of the boot discord, I'm reading other people's, you know, opinions and insights on Dan's game, which mm-hmm. is, it's very interesting to see. I agree
4: with you. There is a bit of a Schrödinger's cat, you know, being playing for the camera, being recorded, and it does kind of affect the way you are conscious of the fact that you are being watched, um, if not, and being held accountable. So there's a bit of like, uh, you know, once you observe that cat, it, it does affect the way it, it's it's going to behave after that. I, I don't I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's certainly I'm certainly conscious of it whenever I'm playing. Um, and, and I think some of the GMs the same way, because it, it keeps you honest, it keeps you thinking. But I'm astonished at how well the APs are taken in, in because rec- when we started this,
2: I'm like, who wants to watch people play games? Pfft, yes. That seems stupid. That was stupid. as well. This, to me, honestly sounded like a terrible idea. Mm-hmm, I, yeah. I, to me, RPGs have never been either a voyeuristic or exhibitionist hobby, Um uh, they are something you participate in and you enjoy from that level. And maybe they're fun to watch from the sidelines for a little bit. But I think one of the things, in fact, we actually just did an episode on this. It's not been released yet. It's in our editing queue, but we just did an episode on something, which is one of the things that we've learned over the years of doing this is how many people tune in because they are disconnected from the hobby they love. Yeah, And, I'm sure that's as true of your show as it is of ours, that there are people tuning in and I'm sure you're getting the email saying, Hey, I don't even have a gaming group yeah, and this is how I get my fix. And so when they hear these games, this is as close. I mean, unfortunately as they may get to playing for whatever reason. And so, and I'm sure some people are playing their own games and they just like the entertainment or like the story or like the table banter or whatever. But We had to strike this middle road of accepting there's an audience there and as a result, playing up or playing down certain things, you know, watching certain sorts of table banter and such. But at the same time, not manufacturing the product, just accepting, look, we're going to go, we're going to do our thing. And this isn't a this isn't a stage play.
3: Right, right. And that's actually because I, I consume I consume several actual plays. More, I think, when I actually started tallying, I was kind of I kind of surprised myself. But it is, it's it's a kind of almost a lazyless way to listen to a story. Like when you listen to like either like a fiction book on tape, or if you're listening to a, a, an actual audio drama, you have to pay attention the whole time. You're going to miss a detail. And with an actual play, it. It's not that way. You can, you know, you can tune out a little bit, or you might get distracted with something at work, which is where, like for me, that's where I mostly consume mine. And so I'll miss details, but because of the way the story flows, regardless of which one I'm listening to, you can you can pick up exactly what's happening five minutes later and realize you probably didn't miss anything. Yeah. And it's and it does it just it kind of it flows a different way. And then there is that what Dan had mentioned too. There's that familiarity. Of what happens at that gaming table, and it's nice actually um, whether you're whether you're playing in a game or not,
1: yeah, I mean you end up kind of feeling like the people there are your friends, and like everyone's kind of drawn to different ones, like there's some people who really like the very carefully edited ones with like sound effects and stuff, and there's people who like the more our end of the spectrum where nobody fucking touches the audio other than uploading it, <laughs> you know, because people like different things about it. Whether it's like they're there for the story or they're there to feel like they're with people that they they feel like they know and get to know online. Um, yeah, yeah, it's kind of that, a really fascinating thing.
3: That part is actually I find I do find fascinating. Where yeah, you have where you have straight up raw, you know, it right. It's like straight from the utter gaming table, <laughs> you know, to to your to your to your ears. And then you get something where on, like, what um, Eric over at Openly Gamer Theater does, where yeah. he does these highly edited things with you know music and massive amounts of sound effects and dramatic interludes you know, with scripted pieces in, in betwixt the role-playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's fascinating that you can get that spectrum of uh, storytelling in there. It's pretty it, cool. It mm-hmm. does
4: have theater in the name. Uh, there, is a, there is an aspect that I finally figured out about APs, because I, I was like, why do you want to watch people play a game? It seems really, you know, selfish mm-hmm. and masturbatory, why would you do that? But there is, a, there is an upshot for me, and, and it's, when you are GMing or when you're playing, you tend to play in an isolated group, and you don't get exposed to a lot of different mm-hmm. styles and such, and so when you're watching these APs, you're watching multiple GMs tackle different problems and different styles and different ways and different things, and I've learned more watching APs about GMing and different ways to solve a similar problem than I ever have in my own groups, because, you know, you can't create in a vacuum. And so watching these APs and watching people, you know, how they deal with wandering damage, <laughs> which, is, which was a nightmare story we had written in, or, or whatever it is, is a, is a breath of fresh air. And so if nothing else, it's, it's like watching um, a, a play. Uh, you're watching, you're watching a, a version of a play that you've seen before, but it's with different actors and different things, and they're taking a different take on it. And you, you, I, I've learned more by watching APs than I ever have by playing in the, in the game with my friends.
2: Does that make sense? It, would, yeah, and it I makes thought, perfect sense. I, I thought it would be a much bigger minority or much smaller <laughs> minority of listeners. Mm-hmm. I figured that that sort of thing would get some kind of traction, but I did not think it would be as broadly received as it is. Yeah. The AP yeah. does get less listens than our regular show does, but it still does get a sizable number of people tuning into it every week, which endlessly baffles me i mean i expected somebody (laughs) to consume it because people have Mm -hmm. asked for it but i never expected to see the numbers you know the way they are
1: yeah well it's fascinating too when you uh look at the number of ap podcasts that are out there they like I think there's double or triple the number of APs <laughs> than there are advice shows now, which is something that's really changed. It used to be the other way. Like, everybody had a podcast about, hey, let's give you advice on how to game. And now you look, and it's just, like, pages of actual plays of yeah. all different types, of all different people, all different styles. And it's just, like, amazing. Like, hundreds. Well, you know,
2: <laughs> something that ties into that that I don't get, um, and this may just be I'm wired differently. It may be a generational thing. I don't know what it is is I love to play video games you know, I, mm-hmm. I play a lot of video games I don't get Twitch mm. the idea that I'm I, mean, <laughs> yeah. I get it insofar as I, I'm going to tune in because maybe there's a Twitch streamer who's really funny it's not about the game but right. they're just a hilarious commentator right. somebody like Video Game Donkey I think he was freaking hilarious <laughs> yes um, or you might get somebody who... You're, you're trying to see if you even want to play this game. Watch five minutes, ten minutes of gameplay to see if you even want it. Mm-hmm. But these people that just religiously follow folks who bounce from one game to the next and really don't do a whole lot, but mm-hmm. straight playthroughs with minimal commentary. Yeah, I don't get it. I mean, I just plain do not understand what the attraction is. But holy crap, these people just knock down enormous numbers.
1: hmm Absolutely,
2: yep. And it baffles me I mean I don't understand why I I, I well, need somebody Who consumes it Who's well, Other than like I don't know like my nephews Are kind of into this <laughs> but they're also really young I need someone who's old enough to understand their own psyche mm-hmm. Someone who's like 25 plus I th- Who's into this to sit down and explain it to me I think you're overthinking it here it, It's the equivalent of watching porn
4: And having actual <laughs> sex <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's,
2: it is it's really entertaining to just watch all porn. Right. You can watch but it all day long. Thing. And having actual sex, is it takes a lot of work. Okay, so since <laughs> this, is, this show's apparently more or less underrated, look, when I'm having sex, I like looking at tits. When I'm watching porn, I'm still looking at tits. Okay, so there, there are still some parallels, even if I'm not directly involved in the act. Yes. And in a video but, game, but, I've never been like, wow look at that role i just did you know (laughs) it's the fun it's doing it you know it's experience it's it's wow watch somebody else make choices for me i mean that's the dmv that's Mm -hmm. not a fun afternoon
1: (laughs) i think i think part of it is like you said the personality um I, i don't know like i guess we i i love watching uh like other cosplayers make costumes and which is super boring to most people, like watching someone sew something. But to me, that's really interesting because I know the inter- intricacies of sewing something. So I think there's also that familiarity. People like watching video games that they've played a ton. Like, I like playing, watching people play World of Warcraft. Um, like, if I can't play, I'm, I I would rather play myself. But if I can't, then, okay, watch people play WoW. Oh, hey, I remember when I did that quest. Something yeah,
2: like that. No, Go ahead, Chris.
3: No, and I think, I think actually you hit on something there that I think has a lot to do with the APs, is that the... And, and comparing this to, to an audiobook, book, um, you don't necessarily know you, the outcome of a story. With a lot of fiction, you can pretty much guess how yeah. a certain story is going to proceed. But like today, I was actually, I was consuming an AP while I was at work. And I realized after it was over, I expected the heroes to come out on top. Mm-hmm. That is not what happened. They all died, except for like one who got away. Right. And they, when it came time for that, that clutch roll that you have at the table that the player had to make. He didn't make it. Right. He didn't make it. He didn't have any more re-rolls. It was over. The bad guy won. And that was the end of that story. And I thought, you know, I totally did not expect it ending. And I actually, (laughs) I kind of appreciated that ending because it it, it gave me something different. And so uh, there is that unpredictability, I think, there too, that makes that um, kind of enjoyable to see. 'Cause you, you get invested in what's going on with with those dice rolls or how the characters are interacting with that encounter. Um and so yeah, so it becomes something that isn't it isn't necessarily predictable, but yeah. yet has to do with what you're saying, like you like those intricacies of being able to watch the details and see
2: how people craft that other stuff. Yeah. And it's kind of the same way. You know, I would love to know and I have no way of ever finding out this information. But I would love to know what the overlap is between the two shows. Because, I mean, to me, I mm-hmm. hate to use this this buzzword, but there is a sort of synergy between the advice show and the AP. Yeah. Because we give the advice, we execute it on the AP, then the AP raises new ideas, which in turn drives what we talk about on the advice show. Mm-hmm. It's called a feedback and so, loop. Yeah, it is. It's a feedback loop. And so... I'm curious how many people consume the AP as a direct result of of that relationship between the shows. I'm sure Mm that it's most people listen to the AP, listen to Fear the Boot, because that's probably how they found the AP. Yeah. But I am curious, like, do we have a significant percentage of people who only listen to the AP Mm -hmm. and don't give two craps about the advice show?
1: Yeah. We, I know that we have a lot of people who found us through the APs, and some of them have gone on to listen to the actual podcast. Um, I, I mean, obviously, our, our the main podcast, this show, has m- many more viewers and listeners. About, about, yeah.
0: about three times.
1: Yeah. yeah, so a lot more, but we also have a crap load of APs every week. We've got generally three games a week that are right. going out, so there's also, you know, people tune into specific systems. But we've had people um, like uh, Erica Odd is in the chat room right now, who found us through our Savage World game that we're running, our Rift Savage World game. She found us through that, and now she's hanging out, part of our, this podcast. Yeah. So.
0: And, she, and she actually found us on YouTube.
1: Yeah, she found we, us on YouTube. Yeah. So, very fun.
0: Through the APs. Hi, Erica. Um, let me go, go I'm going to go through the the stuff now.
4: Oh, okay. okay. Go and ahead. Yes. <laughs> anyway, I, I, it's cool. I mean, yeah. we, we've been doing this a long time. It's really neat to see the evolution of podcasts. So I'm, thanks for letting me. Which we didn't talk about. No, so. we didn't. We can, do we, know.
1: Know. <laughs> we can talk about it after we do the blurb. Do the blurb. Right. Okay, well, right, first up,
0: in this episode, not only are we going to talk about podcasting, uh, we're going to discuss uh, adapting existing canon to an RPG. And Frederick Fredericks writes in about murder hobos and the exploitation of NPCs. And Ollie sends us. The riddle from his first gaming experience. But first, if you'd like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. Blair. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. We're on all of the social medias. We're on the Twitter. Yep. We're on the FaceBag. Yeah. And we're on the Instagram. Happyjacksrpg, Happy RPG, all one word. Yes. And if you'd like to watch the show live, we do the show at Friday uh, at 7 p.m. Pacific time. Happyjacks dot 7 p.m. Pacific-ish time. Yeah just google happyjacks.com you'll find us. org happyjacks.org
1: happyjacks.org I'm
0: sorry. <laughs> if you, if you Happy google Jacks. happyjacks.com it'll take you to
4: happyjacks.org. It,
0: it'll t- no, no it'll it take won't. you to some bastard who got the name before yeah. I really? Yeah. Yes. Hmm. That's why I have org. It's
1: been 9 years Dork. 9 years you don't know where we live on the internet yet. I've
0: actually owned happyjacks.org since the 90s. Oh. I
1: used
0: to I used to have it used to be happyjacks gurps resources. That's cute. In the old days. I didn't know that. You can go on archive.org and find the old webpage. I'm not going yeah. to. Uh, Don't and go to
4: archive.com because th- some bastard bought it
0: in the That's right. <laughs> uh, if you'd like to watch the show live, you can go to happyjacks.org slash live and watch it there Five or 7 p.m. Pacific time on Fridays.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's that. Oh,
2: awesome. Right. did buy happyjacks.com. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's a been- cigar shop.
0: <laughs> I think it, really? it was back Bastards. then too I think it was back then too Now you can go to happyjacksrpg.com And it will redirect you to Yeah.
2: You know what, I'm going to do something Passive aggressive or maybe aggressive aggressive You're going to buy it from the cigar shop I'm going to put a back order on that domain So God if they damn. fail to renew it, it'll be come under my control <laughs> yeah. And then I'll come back to you At an enormous markup Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> no, that's aggressive aggressive There's no <laughs> passive in there <laughs> Because the fact that you're telling us, too, is, yeah. That's I just came very close. I came very close during the handoff between Fast, Fan, Pro, and eventually Catalyst. Yeah. I came very close to actually owning Battletech.com. That's wow. amazing. <laughs> nice. You'd be a rich man today. No, no I wouldn't have sold it. i absolutely <laughs> used it. Uh, that's, that's the thing. Is you're not a cyber squatter if you're actually using it for a relevant purpose. Fair enough. I'm, BattleTech fan, but I would have used it yeah. for <laughs> a, sufficient, a sufficiently relevant purpose.
1: Yes. All right. So, uh, podcasting. You want to talk about podcasting?
2: No, no, no.
4: I, I think we got it out of our system. Here, right. didn't we right. Well, okay. So, what has changed <laughs> in podcasting since uh, since you guys started? Because I, I I know that with us, really, it's the video and how many people have been listening. Because it only used to be like a really small years, world, though
2: it still is a small world it's pretty big. I think, I think YouTube's bigger. making it bigger yeah but it still is a small world I, I walk down the street nobody knows who I am I walk down the halls of Genva <clears> it's a very different story mm-hmm. um, but or more appropriately I talk to somebody yeah and, yes. down the <laughs> and, and, and you have a very distinctive t- voice and does it creep you guys out that when you meet people, because there's been this mono-directional communication going on for years, they know you and you don't know them. Yes.
1: Well, kind of used to it now. Yeah, we're kind of because
4: of the band that Stu and I are in. It, that that used, that happens a lot. It actually happens on the streets for this niche band that we're in. But it, it, it's not as big a shock, to, I guess, to me as it was maybe the to, to you. Did was it a shock enough to you? Because I, well, there's a story we have about Dave and Rob meeting us and they recognized our voices before they. Yeah, sorry. They, they
0: were at fair and heard us talking. They're right. Like, I think those are the happy Jacks guys. Yeah. Right. Um, I. It. It is. It, it. I don't know if it creeps me out. It, it, at first, it kind of did. Now, it doesn't really. When I went to I went to GenCon last year for the first time ever, and we had a um, a meetup at a bar that was like know, about a mile and a half from the from the convention center, and there was like fifteen people there. And it was just Bill and I, and all these people that neither of us knew, <clears throat> but we all had a lot. They they knew obviously knew knew me very very well, mm-hmm. and I would sit at one end of the table and talk with like four or five guys for a while, and then I, and then Bill would come over and says the guys on the other end of the table want to talk to you. You need to well, turn over there. Okay, <laughs> really? That was weird. That was really weird. Holding court, kind of, but I mean, no, drinking and holding court at the same time, like you do. Well, yeah but it, it was as one does it, yeah. was, it was fun and i and i had a lot of people come up to me cuz we had already been streaming for a while when i went to gencon yeah so i i had some people come up and recognize me from from either the twitch stream or from the
2: youtube videos too which yeah. was i mean I, I think creep me out is probably too strong of a phrase it's just it's unusual it, it oh depends yeah. on
1: the, it depends on the the person
2: yeah yeah well i mean okay so he, <laughs> So
1: so here's the thing.
2: Well, okay, maybe Kimmy experiences this from an angle I don't. because She she does. I've never had anyone come up and hit on me. Um, I do. Yeah, I I have no doubt. Believe me, I have no doubt. But I have never had anyone come up and hit on me. Uh, At least not that I was aware. Maybe I'm so oblivious. I don't know. But um, when we started doing this, we had the we didn't think it was that big of a thing because it wasn't. I mean, 2006 podcasting only existed for like two years. Yeah, I mean, the technology was relatively new. Um, We assumed that probably not that many people were going to assume this. We were just doing this mostly for our entertainment. And when we started seeing download numbers that we couldn't account for, even between us and our moms, then... (laughs) It was like, okay, this is a thing,
5: yeah.
2: And then you sort of hit that level of of big fish in a small pond. It's a very small pond. I mean, we're not PewDiePie or something. I have no delusions of that. Don't be that. Much less an A-list celebrity. I'm not Robert Downey Jr. No, 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 This
4: is a very niche market for sure. Yeah, he's he's
2: Robert
3: Downey Jr. Ah.
2: Once See, again, he, walk, he is walk the down the street, the nobody knows your name. Walk through Gen Con, and it's a, it's a different story. And I think we never really were prepared to be recognized. For somebody to walk up to us and say, I know who you are, and I know these facts about you, and I have invested myself in the things that you say about this hobby and about your life. I mean, that's... it's it's not just humbling. It's like, it puts you kind of on your off foot. It's like, you don't know how to respond to it. I don't mean that in a bad way. And I, am not saying that people shouldn't approach such conventions. Um, I, 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 I try to be a very approachable person, but it's, it's just nothing in life prepares you for that. And I'm not sufficiently arrogant and patting myself on the back here, but I'm not sufficiently arrogant to entirely just, you know, fall into that. To be like, oh yeah, well of course I deserve this attention. <laughs> it's just more like, who the hell am I? Well, <laughs> what you're describing
4: there, I mean I work I work in Hollywood and what you're describing there is is fame. That's that's what famous people deal with all the time, right? We just have a little taste of it, just a tiny little taste of it. I mean imagine that you are so famous, your face is so famous, you you know, you go into a shopping center to buy bananas and people are wanting to come up and talk to you. And they talk to you about the most intimate things. And it really is uh, not off-putting, but very uh, it, it, well. It is a bit, just a bit. It's like you have me at a disadvantage. I have no idea who you are, and yet you know who I'm married to and where I live. Wow, it, 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 I what you're what you're saying is the the sort of the curse, the downside of fame. Now we're not famous, maybe in a small, tiny, niche way.
1: I like sure. to say we're the minnows in the puddle.
4: There we go. <laughs> but it, but it, 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 you're right. If you're not prepared for it, I mean, and who is? We're doing this podcast. We just sit here in a room, we drink beer, and we and this
2: stuff goes out into the void, and we don't think anything of it after the after the podcast is over. Yeah. It's people think I'm extroverted. I'm not. I'm incredibly introverted, maybe ambiverted at best, mm-hmm. uh, but. I appear, it took us to me when I do the podcast, I'm not talking to a number of people. I'm talking to my friends in a room. Yeah. That's all I see. I mean, I am aware of the fact that other people will hear it. And so I curb certain parts of my language and personality and such to avoid being inflammatory. But I, I'm talking to my friends. That's all I see. But in terms of what things have changed, I think the, the two biggest things I would point to is one is, is Technology. Uh, and I don't just mean that in terms of video. When we got started, things like we've got people dialing in with modems to download these shows. <laughs> right? Yeah. Sure. Uh, we had to put on our original business cards because this was a huge thing in 2006. <coughs> we have a podcast and you don't need an iPod to listen. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because that was a huge thing. I mean, mm-hmm. 12 years ago, you walk up to somebody and say, I have a podcast. I say, oh, I'd love to check it out, but I don't own an iPod. Yeah. And there's some debate as to exactly where the term podcast came from and did it have anything to do with the iPod or not. But the idea that it was a generic MP3 file they could consume anywhere, you had to educate people on this. They didn't know these things. Um, and so the, the technology changed. You know, these aggregators, podcatchers, and, and the, the availability of broadband internet and how many people have it and such. You know, that changed quite a bit. Even Um, the
4: fact that there's systems out there to just cater to podcasts Mm -hmm. is astonishing
2: now. Oh yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely.
3: And I think too, I just think how it's funny. Well, you know, we, since we're, we've been doing it, you know, we know what the medium does and what, what it has and what it's capable of doing and, and how good it is, um, you know, as a media uh, and a medium to consume. But, when you see it really start to catch on now as it has like in the last couple of years, when, when you have people talking about certain podcast shows, I mean, even outside of our, of our niche, um, that are shows to listen to and how some of these catch fire, how some of these are now being turned into television shows
5: mm-hmm.
3: because of how popular they've become. And you see news stories on them. I remember when I was, um, I was listening to what was the Richard Simmons podcast that was uh, like, it was just around briefly last year. It was like a mini series, but it was something like searching for Richard Simmons or whatever because he was a shut in. Yeah. Fascinating podcast to listen to. Then I started, after I was listening to it, I started seeing news stories about this, you know, on network television talking about this show. And that never would have happened you know four or five years ago it would have been talking about podcasts as like this novelty thing not as this mainstream thing here's this groundbreaking podcast that's talking about
2: topic X uh-huh. you know what's been kind of funny too is I don't think we totally ever understand the impression or the impact we have for good or ill well, let me give you an example because Chris this kind of ties into what you were just talking about so, Fear the Con, of course, is coming up here in, in mid June. Yeah. And um, they
1: plug it though. Where, where can they find info about that?
2: Uh, fearthecon.com. There you go. And if you click on the registration link, that will take you to where you sign up and everything. And so, yeah, Fearthecon.com. It's going to be in Brentwood, Missouri, which is a suburb of St. Louis, uh, June 21st, 22nd, and 23rd, which is a uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Social Mixer on Thursday, Con on Friday and Saturday. See, they but, build in times to meet and greet. That's a really yeah, awesome. Social networks are I, Yeah, I tell you right now, it changes the entire convention. Having people socially break the ice before they're gaming together completely changes the convention. Because when you walk into the game hall the next day, people aren't strangers. Mm-hmm. You know them. You they might be sat- hungover. But But you're probably both yeah. hung over and have a story. <laughs> yes. You know, it, it's completely changes the social dynamic. I could talk for, I could fill your entire show probably talking about <laughs> stuff like that. But uh, we just had somebody from, oh my gosh, it was like, okay, so we have a we, Patreon. I'm going to talk about that in a sec. Cause that's been a huge change in podcasting. Yeah. Uh, but with patreon we use that money primarily almost all of it goes to paying an audio engineer that does our sound balancing and editing and a bunch of work on the show that I just don't, honestly don't have the time to do and uh, she got contacted by someone who's going to be at fear of the con who just so happens to work on the podcast for it's either NPR or PRI I forget which but let's just say it's something that has a few zeros more than Fear the Boot does in <laughs> download. And they're like, "Man, I'd really love to get together with you and compare notes on editing and, and pick your brain for some tips and tricks." And it's like, <laughs> "Wow, who <are> we, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah." Well, you're the proving ground there, right? Because uh, you, you know, consistently for how many? Twelve years. Twelve years. 10 Twelve days. years. Twelve years. Ten I, days.
0: <laughs>
2: something we came to find out we didn't know. Because by the way, most fan efforts I've been told. By, by people that are in the rpg industry most fan efforts fan blogs fan games whatever will typically last 12 to 24 months mm-hmm. if you outlast that by any stretch of time you are already breaking the odds mm-hmm. uh, to go 12 years or i mean anything even if you're not at the 12 year mark if you've been going five years seven years ten years whatever you are way above and beyond yeah. most marriages don't last that long no <laughs> they totally do yeah seven years oh my god end, real I've- thing
1: been talking um, to, with you guys about RPGs a lot longer than most people have been married. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah,
2: that, that is an unfortunate strange, statement on a whole lot of things.
1: Strange revelation right there. I'm gonna drink
2: uh, marry a role player. I think that's my best <laughs> advice. At least you'll always have <laughs> a podcast to listen to or something.
1: No no yeah, the trick is to marry someone who does amazing graphics for Four your podcast. Podcasts,
2: right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful yes. video. Well, That or my alternate hypothesis is something that I saw float around social media, which is that every healthy marriage consists of two people: someone who hates pickles and someone who will eat that pickle. (laughs) That is that is a secret (laughs) to a well balanced. That's not a euphemism, is it? Yes. No. Oh, it's not. I choose to think it is. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Like you go someplace, you get a grilled cheese, which for some reason a grilled cheese is inexplicably always served with a pickle. That the person who ordered the grilled cheese will never eat. You need someone across from you who will eat that pickle. That is a sign you have found your soulmate. Jack Sprat could eat no fat. His wife could <laughs> eat no lean. And so That's right. Twix them both. Ooh, I,
1: still the think, I, I still I vote so, it's a euphemism. It's still euphemism. I think it's a euphemism. Yeah. What are you so, drinking? What are these tiny little cans? <laughs> I got a uh, a limited edition mini pack for my birthday. They're little. They're sample packs. Look at these little tinsies. Yeah, it's, it's, because like, I can then pretend that. like I'm drinking four and get fewer carbs. Oh, it's cider. Yeah, they're they're uh, Strongbow did these little little limited edition packs. I got them for my birthday. It's a flight. Yeah, it's basically a flight, <laughs> and they're uh, they're flavors that they don't make yet. They're trying to see which ones they want to make next. Got so it. it's like a sample pack, and I'm through three of four right yeah, now.
4: Yeah, yeah. Here, here, here. You got cherry, beet. It's, it's Blossom. A, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Cherry I mean, Beat? No, it's
3: Cherry Bl- Blossom.
1: blossom.
3: Oh. Cherry, no. Was that
1: funny? No. Cherry Beat?
3: Funny. It, was, it, was, it was the absurd mm-hmm. non Okay. All right.
1: Cherry,
3: cherry Beat sounds like some sort of Korean pop band.
4: Yes. It does.
1: <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> I'm going to start a K-pop. K-pop. Yep. Oh,
1: my God. <laughs> Right well, anyway, someone get that URL.
4: We, at some point, we really <laughs> should all get together and just do a whole podcast about podcasting. Yeah, yes, I, I, I got I, a lot. Worse. I do. You <laughs> uh, <no, we laughs> do too. We I think do, too. one of the
1: biggest things that's changed, um, and I'm probably the only one who really noticed this, was uh, like all the the different kinds of people who are in it. Like, mm-hmm. I remember when we first started, we started nine years ago, um, like, I was one of the only women, like, we had, like, two or three girls who kind of true. rotated in. It's
4: very true. And yeah.
1: it's amazing, now I'm on a couple different discords of RPG podcasters with, like, hundreds of people, which is, like, there's hundreds of shows out there now. Thousands of shows. And just the number of... M- hundreds of thousands hundreds well. of of RPGs, yes.
4: not that many, but no, yeah, there's a, a lot of Specifically
1: about so. RPGs. After
4: this is over, <laughs> let's pencil in the time and we can do a series on talking <laughs> about podcasting, because you know what? This is actually really amazing, and this, this stuff is really kind of fascinating. I, I've find it interesting. Yeah. Maybe other people will too, but this oh, there's, there's, there's a lot end. to say about this, and maybe maybe we can all put our heads together and this might be really great, but...
1: We'll start a well, new podcast. You tell you new stories, do, and and no, all I'm, I'm going to finish my lot thing lot about women. It's oh, sorry.
0: Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Don't
1: cut <call> me off. <laughs> just kidding. I'm, I'm uh, I'm no, but I think that's one of the coolest things, because I really do feel, um, and I've had a lot of people, and you are talking about people approaching you, one of the things that has meant the most to me, I've had a lot of women and uh, approach me and say, hey, you know, I started playing RPGs because my husband was listening to Happy Jacks and I heard you were playing. And suddenly it became this thing where I realized I could play too. Or, hey, I was listening to RPG podcasts because I couldn't—I wasn't brave enough to get into a game. And then I realized, hey, this is a thing for women too. And mm-hmm. I think that's something that you know all the old school podcasts it made it accessible for people who were afraid to walk into their friendly local gaming store and just join a game suddenly they were able to listen to gaming advice they were able to access the hobby in a way that was safe and comfortable for them which then eventually built i think majorly built the to all these people accessing the hobby and eventually being brave enough to actually join in the fun so i think like like all the stuff we did years ago, I think, really, really matters. And I think we've really added to the hobby in a lot of ways that we never predicted or
0: we, th- we, even thought about. We just need to convince them that there's games other than Apocalypse World Hacks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> there are? No, there are.
0: It's just the flavor it's of the, the new. It's the new hotness, yeah. I know.
1: Uh, for a while, Savage world. I c- so. we,
0: we're, we're running, what, three games or four games right now, right? I think four games right now. Four games right now. Two. Half of them are Apocalypse World hacks. And on the forum, people have said, you guys should do more Apocalypse World hacks. Yes. <laughs> how, many, how many more do they want?
5: This are dealing with addicts.
0: Yes. These are These aren't, <laughs> <laughs> these Don't
5: aren't healthy. <laughs> <what> They want.
3: <laughs> All right. Oh, did you want to tell your... You know, actually, that is actually very cool, Kimmy, what you're saying. Um, whether it's... And I guess it doesn't really matter who it draws in right. as long as it draws in people. And I think that that... Can you can we can circle that back around to the original topic on, of, of APs, where I think that can also then be a gateway drug in a certain sense for people who maybe don't necessarily quote unquote know how to play, mm-hmm. which is bullshit, but still they have that own you know personal block in your in your path to helping you get a game going. Um, seeing other people's APs can you know prevent that from happening and actually allow you to say, oh well. We'll try and emulate them, and then they go on and develop their own style after that. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Thank you, guys. It's so nice to have you guys here.
3: (laughs) Uh,
0: RPG topic. Oh. I wanted to talk about... This was actually uh, requested from the forum.
5: Okay. Um,
0: Adapting existing canon to an RPG. And how you go about finding a place to put your campaign within an existing canon... Star Wars would come to mind. Where are you going to put it? And, and, and I mean, there's a lot of people who really don't care about canon. They just want to have their story and tell their story, and that's fine. But the other people, they don't want to interfere with existing canon. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so I kind of wanted to talk about how, like, in the past, when you've run games or been in games, w- what has worked well and what hasn't worked well to try to find a place for your campaign within the canon and whether or not you worry about whether you're disrupting the timeline of the movies or mm-hmm. whatever or whatever it is. And, and this actually originally came up because of uh, I'm working on a, a short campaign for Starship Troopers. The book, not right. the horrible film by Paul Verhoeven. I curse his name.
4: Okay. <laughs> it's not horrible. Those The bug animation
0: still holds up. It's still They still look does, really good. It does hold up. There's no well there, I I've, I'm on. Plus it's Doogie Hauser, so And I didn't mind him. I didn't mind him. And go ahead Shower scenes. I didn't mind that either. <laughs> I, I minded that there wasn't oh. powered armor. Yes. So hot. Which is what in a a major part of it. Uh I minded that it was they they took Heinlein's work and basically turned it into a parody. Yes. Um, there was n- zero respect for the work. Imagine if someone had done that to, to Lord of the Rings. Imagine if someone had done that to Lord of the Rings. Right. And, and how many people would be like, right right. right, right, the, the Dermanstrom. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So I, so I, but I went through. I, I've read. I've I've probably read that book more than a dozen times now, and I just read through it again recently, and I was paying very close attention to the detail of the background of the world in it, and there's very little. You only get little tiny glimpses and pieces of it. And I was able to come up with about, like, five one-session story ideas. Like, hmm. one-shots to string together a sort of campaign. It's a lot, because it's not a very big book. No, it's not. It's a, uh, probably a couple hundred pages. Yeah. And it's not It's, it's, it's a, a quick lot. read. It's a quick read. Yeah. But I, I was able to come up with, with that all remain consistent within the novel and, and, and the stuff that happens in the book, that, or at least that is mentioned in the book. So you could run some kind of story now. There's no, obviously there's no timeline. I mean, there's there there's a sort of timeline that happens within it, but you're talking about these two, you know, galaxy spanning civilizations. So there's a lot of other things going on in different places. So there's a, there was actually a lot of space in that. But what do you what do you guys think as far as using existing canon? And a, a do you care if you're interfering with existing canon? And if you do, how do you try yeah. to frame your game so that it keeps that and, separate? And when we are talking about canon, you're talking about just world setting. It could be... I'm talking about it history. Be Hi- it could be Hyboria.
4: It could be Robert R. Howard Hyboria. It yeah. could be uh, a, a, an existing campaign that maybe somebody else has run. It could be a, a film uh, seri- uh, genre sure. or something. So, okay. Yeah. So it's all of that. Okay. I'm going to lead off with a pretty
0: hard one. Turn the mic off. i got to get you the mic I did. it's okay, so. off.
2: And Stu, why don't you have your camera on? I, I My camera is on it's just
1: they you can, can only see only... it through
2: the Twitch. Yeah, he's oh, on in the stream, okay. I'm so, seeing okay. So you can see it on Twitch. Okay. So yes. is it what is anyone commenting on Twitch? Like oh, do we have okay. like yes. chats oh, yeah. to respond to? Well, let's respond. Can we respond to some chats? I hate to take control of your show, but I just did Hey Ben, Sure, there, do what's the up? thing. Okay. I fixed it. We, okay. have to, we have to read the chats to him, though.
1: Oh, no. There's a lot happening in the chat. That's the thing you're going to have to, like...
0: They very rarely talk about what we talk about. Yeah. Sometimes there's
5: they a do. a little
1: bit. Yeah, I, I, I bring it up if they're... But they're a little bit off-topic right now.
2: Just just pick a random one that's relevant. We have to acknowledge
1: these people. Uh, Heavy Metal Jess says, What not to do? Run anything Lovecraftian and say female heroes aren't canon.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we love Heavy Metal
4: Jess. She's been around as long as we have.
1: She inspired me to put pins on this jacket, by the way. It's just for it's just, and, you're, you're however, still
2: that Lulu got killed. So <laughs> he got nuked, literally. hundred yeah, percent. But um, yeah. Because he HP uh, Lovecraft actually had an open source world. He allowed other people to write and it invited them too. Yeah. And in a follow up to Call of Cthulhu, there was an atomic bomb dropped on Cthulhu that killed him.
5: Oh no. And Cthulhu. also it's
2: pronounced not pronounced Cthulhu, it's pronounced Lulu.
1: Put oh. that one up.
2: Just true. Sure. No but, kidding. Um, anyway, amazing. so. He's amazing. There you go, Heavy Metal Jess. There's my. You're <laughs> you, know,
4: you know what is interesting, though? I know that those pulp writers did share information back and forth. So when you read Robert E. Howard from the same era, uh, mm-hmm. they share a similar kind of feel in a genre. I mean, certainly there were oh, yeah. unspeakable horrors and bowls in Robert E. Howard's that were very similar to H.B. Lovecraft. Oh. Uh, one of
2: which was even named Yog. Yeah. There you go. Oh, yeah, so dude. they, they and- did talk. So, okay, so, uh, Canon, I'm going to start off with a pretty bold statement, which is, first of all, uh, (laughs) if you're running a game, you need to accept first and foremost that this is not a story about the canon. This is a story about the player characters. Mm -hmm. They have come to this game because they have a character they're invested in and they want to explore that story. If what you want to do is first and foremost tell the story of the canon, Call off the game, pop some popcorn, and put in the movie. Yeah. And I'm going to hold to that. Now, I think there are, there are lanes of the highway you can pick. There are gradations you can work with within that. Mm-hmm. But if you cannot accept that initial premise of this is not a story about Luke Skywalker, this is a story about the character somebody else made for this game, mm-hmm. then you've missed the point of a role playing game. Right.
4: right but, uh, I can remember when we ran a uh, a game of Stormbringer back when the original Stormbringer first came out, and we decided to just sort of have it happen at the same time Elric was walking around. Now the player characters never met Elric, but all of that baggage that from all those books was still there. But the world is so rich that they could be somewhere else while Elric was off, you know, destroying the world somewhere else, and those those ripples might happen. These stories might be told. But but there's so much to do. Rather, you don't always have to intersect with the main characters of the movie or the books. Mm-hmm. It's if it's a rich world, if it's Star Wars, if it's uh, uh, Melibone, if it's if it's uh, Robert E. Howard's Hyboria. Uh, there's so many other sandboxes in that world to play in that you never actually have to encounter Conan. You never have to encounter Skywalker. Uh, you can know that they're there. Mm-hmm. There might be tales that are told. There might be villages and stuff. But there, that shouldn't prohibit you or even. Uh, Uh, make you Mm -hmm. want to interact with those characters. If I'm playing a Star Wars game, I really don't want to meet Darth Vader. It's going to bring in so much baggage into that game that I don't want to have to deal with. I just want to play my little Twi'lek bounty hunter and not have to deal with the rest of that canon.
2: Yeah, and that's one strategy is simply play around the canon. Play outside of it. If you're playing Star Wars, you play somebody... That's in the fringe. Mm-hmm. You play somebody that's uh, uh, just not encountering all of that stuff. Yeah, um,
4: it could still be happening. You're just it. Just you're not interacting with it directly. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Well, what right. A, one of the things I did when I ran the the um, my, the FFG Star Wars campaign mm-hmm. is I put um, I, I I placed it. This is before Force Awakens came out, mm-hmm. and I placed it like a year after uh, Episode. What is it? Six. Mm-hmm. Episode six. So the Empire's, the the Emperor's dead, but the people running the his his bureaucrats running it are just creating videos of him and denying the fact that he's dead. Right. And 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 the empire is that's slowly cool. collapsing. No, that's cool. And there's all of these moffs and grand moffs who are sort of creating their own fiefdoms. So there's a lot of interesting things happening because that's a that's actually a really interesting period if you think about it. Because mm-hmm. it's not it's, mm-hmm. th- that this you know this galaxy spanning empire is going to take like probably like a decade to finally completely collapse. Like yeah. Rome, yeah, right. It's going to take mm-hmm. a long time. So there's a lot of chaos going on. There's a lot of bad guys, bad guys who hate each other and who hate you. And I mean, that I I I just moved it out of the out of the timeline of the series to give the player characters some space where, yeah, you can be the not only can you be the heroes, but you can be the world changing heroes. Yeah, just like they were in the movies. Mm -hmm. That's happened. Here's the chaos that results from what
4: they did. and depending how on how big that world is, it, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, you're struggling with Highline because that particular book doesn't give you a lot of that no, world. It does but not. Star Wars and Expanse or, or any other, or Robert E. Howard. Oh, or, Star Wars, or, especially
0: if you put amounts you put the, and include the novels in it. Oh my God, it's vast. It's Huge amounts of resources. Yeah. So you could,
4: you you have so many it's you have so many places to play mm-hmm. in, in that world without affecting any of the canon. Without directly affecting any of the canon, right. that mm-hmm.
0: that it's not really
3: a it's a non-starter.
0: You yeah, know? I, I interrupted Chris. Go ahead. I'm
3: sorry. No, that, that's okay. Um, I um, actually I used to have a I used to have a really big problem with it uh, back in the early days of gaming, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pick on I'm gonna pick on uh, BattleTech a little bit here, just because that was out of any game that I played that had an established universe or a universe that continued to evolve and change. For me, that was also BattleTech. Um, it's a good example. No, you're right. Yeah. And, and um, it was very important to me, or at least at the time, I felt it was very important to me that whatever I'm doing either run parallel to what's happening in the universe canon or somehow be tied in in some way, shape, or form. I mean, I could, I could put it over in a different corner of the universe, just like you guys were talking about, and then play my game how I wanted to play it. But yet still... Those events that might be going on mm-hmm. uh, within the game universe it still happened, and in in for me as a player and as a GM, if I didn't, I felt if I didn't do that, I was I wasn't delivering the game like I should to my players, and so it took me a while to kind of get out of that that mentality and realize a lot about going back to what Dan's original point was is that. You can have that up to a point, but then from the point that you start that game, then you're telling something different, and everything can proceed different from that point forward. And so it did it. It kind of took me a while uh, to really kind of either come to that realization or more, I guess it be more accurate to say, be comfortable with that realization. Uh-huh. And, and I was going to say, sometimes that cannon's a safety net, because somebody's done mm-hmm. a lot of that
4: work for you, and it's there. Uh, why not honor it? Why not use it? but at some point you want you know the players are going to make their own choices it's going to it's going to spin out of canon and it's easier to just let it happen than try to stay on that um i was thinking of traveler traveler has this vast vast history that they've written
1: vast
4: and if you really want to to if you really want to you can stick it in a certain time and space between certain planets or certain interactions that are going on and try to stick with it but i've never had success with it because eventually your players Kill somebody important
5: exactly uh, yeah.
4: something
2: happens yeah you have a a very heavy decision to make of what happens when your players encounter the cannon and don't count out to it right <laughs> and, and that could be in the form of somebody shoots Mon mothma who doesn't have the ability to force deflect it that could be maybe they simply make what is it otherwise a completely compelling And convincing RP scene by which they talk somebody out of the course they're following. They convince Saruman that Sauron is not going to work out and he needs to find, you know, some third way to this. And. All it takes is somebody with a
4: randomizer that rolled a 20, or a 1. Exactly.
2: Or or just a damn good role player Mm. to create a scene. And you have to decide which do you love more. The story that you are telling and the players that are playing it, or the canon that was created by somebody else. Uh, Another suggestion, though, that I would have, and this is the one that I've tended to use rather than avoiding the canon, is the canon only exists to a point. Get it and quit it. So, if I'm playing, let's say, Forgotten Realms, the canon exists up to the point that the game starts. And after that, from that moment forward, Mm -hmm. anything is fair game. Mm -hmm. There is nothing that is sacred. There is nothing that can't be changed. Now, I mean, certainly. That doesn't mean I'm going to bend plausibility. Mm -hmm. You you can't walk up to Elminster and right hook him once and suddenly there's no repercussions and he's (laughs) dead and whatever. I mean, You know, yes, there's going to be a consistency to the canon. And yes, there are forces out there that are more powerful than the players. I mean, that's any story. But they are free. They have the agency, if they want it, Mm -hmm. to at least attempt to change the direction of canon.
1: Yeah,
3: Which I think actually is a cool thing when you think about it. If you're going to have, um, there were some comments in the chat earlier about, you know, never meeting Darth Vader. And, it's addicting, you know, never, right? <laughs> never, yeah, never meet yours. But being able to do that, to interact with those larger than life people in that universe, change things around, can actually make your game a lot of fun in, yeah. in, in many ways and, and create some really cool, memorable moments.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I agree, especially like going back to Star Wars, because it's such an obvious example, like, I would, you know, different from Stork, I would love to have Darth Vader in there. I have no interest in meeting, like, Luke or any of them. Like, okay, like, I don't want other heroes in my game. I want to be the hero, but I totally will take on the badass bad guy that they couldn't handle for a long time. Like, that's super fun. That's exciting to kind of, like, change things up a bit, I think.
2: Well, and I think you also have to look at not just the importance of the player characters, but the player's disposition as well. Mm -hmm. Because they may not care. I mean, you may have read this book, whatever it is. And I mean, let's say something less something that's uh rather more obscure than Star Wars. This is something you read this book, you want to run this game, and you want it to play out exactly as it did in the book. But the fact is your players really don't care. Right. They they're invested in the characters they made and the story that they want to tell yeah. and the agency they want to believe they have. They're just not as into the property as you are. And if that, once again, if that's what you're trying to do, I don't think that's a bad thing. But I think you need to be <coughs> thinking along the lines of either just reconsuming the media or writing your own fan fiction. Yeah, fan totally. Don't try to draw five other people into this follow the leader stomp through <laughs> your idealized playground.
5: Right.
4: I think as a GM as well, from the GM's point of view, rather than just the players, you run the risk of railroading your players to fit this canon thing that happened. So, if your players do run up into Darth Vader and they challenge him to a duel, and and you're playing between episodes one and two, well, or or five and six, uh, you run the risk of like we, they can't actually kill Darth Vader, or, or if they do kill Darth Vader, you have to come up with for him to still be around for the events of episode. So. So I think by sticking to the canon as a GM, you're doing yourself a disservice because you're putting yourself in this box that, that the players are not going to stay in and you have to try to keep them in mm-hmm. if that's what you're trying to accomplish. And I don't think that that's fair for anybody.
1: It's not fun. Yeah. It's best just
0: not to have them meet Darth Vader. Yes. Keep him as far away from the player's characters as he possibly can. If you don't want him to get killed. Let's, just, but- kill him. <laughs> just kill him.
1: Just kill him.
3: Or Let or me kill least- him! I want to kill him! Just to we- show, show him the end scene in Rogue One and say, do you want this to be your party? Because this is how you get your party.
2: <laughs> well, except, <laughs> except your party might have somebody in there who's a Jedi or some other former force user or a really high-end bounty hunter who actually could take him.
5: Yeah, that'd right. be amazing. And, well, you
2: just stand on the higher ground and you take out Anakin. It's <laughs> easy. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. What the fuck? And, well, all you gotta do is put a <laughs> right? box down. Yeah. And just get the higher And ground. he's completely <laughs> crippled. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. just put, a, like, a peach crate down. <laughs> yeah. and be, oh. That's all you have to but do. I, I guarantee you that out. would happen in my game. Man gets in everywhere. Yeah. You, you know, a... a A game, and it wasn't a role-playing game, but a game that I think did a good job, we'll keep hammering on Star Wars here, but did a good job of doing this, was the TIE Fighter and X-Wing series of games. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, And I'm talking about the video games here from, I think it was the 1990s, where what they did was they told stories from the perspective of the pilots of the X-Wings, A-Wings, Y-Wings, TIE Fighters, TIE Interceptors, whatever, that were their during those events, but were not necessarily entangled in the cannon proper. So like, for example, you might play a role in trying to help the escape from Hoff or to track down somebody who's trying to defect to the rebels. And these are things that tie into the cannon, but you were never intersecting with the cannon so heavily. That you could derail it, uh, you know. If Darth Vader was there, he was just on his Star Destroyer, kind of passing by, and might make some comments or whatever. But it it wasn't like you were going to shoot him down.
3: Yeah, you know, when when Wizards had the the Star Wars license, that was um, that was how they advertised. The game, the Star Wars game. They would show a canon picture from from the universe. So, like, visualize this scene from Episode three when, or I'm sorry, six when the Emperor is walking down after he showed up on the Death Star, and you got these rows of stormtroopers as he's walking by. Their ads were, "What's this guy's story?" and it would point it to like the fifth stormtrooper in the third row back, <laughs> and you know, and so that was how they were trying to promote the game that you could go and tell these other people's stories uh, within that same game universe and have all this other stuff just kind of happening but you get to detail what those things were which actually was you know kind of clever in a certain way
5: Mm
4: -hmm. i i agree with you i think that that's the way to handle canon which is to acknowledge that that world is going on because you're playing in that sandbox but uh, and and it can affect the characters in that you know wow did you hear that that big star destroyer or the or, or the the Death Star that they made got blown up oh my god that's astonishing well it really doesn't affect us because I still got this deal I got to make with the bounty hunters um, yeah so, so they know what's going on it's happening but it's not you know oh that sucks boy can you imagine all the contractors that's a that's a real b- bummer hey maybe we can exploit that right <laughs> but but it doesn't it's not a. It's not like you know they're on the Death Star and have to escape it.
5: Yeah, I think yeah, that ta- that's
4: the
2: safe way to play that. We talked about departing laterally from Canon. So you know you're in Star Wars, but you play in the fringe or you play something else that just doesn't intersect with Canon. But I think you can also depart from Canon horizontal or uh, vertically rather, where if I mean I realize this may eventually interfere with with new Canon as it gets created. but if you want to write your own Canon, pick up at the end of mm-hmm.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: where the movies have gone so far you know and say okay or or, or something they don't cover a topic they don't cover yeah. so for example uh we're going to play between episodes six and seven mm-hmm. and we know certain bullet points have to occur but there's a whole lot of undefined stuff that could theoretically have happened in there and been resolved before episode seven even occurs. Yeah. So, I mean, what is it between those movies? I mean, it's 25, 30 years. Yeah. I mean, this supposed yeah. to... Oh, yeah. Thing. So, I mean, you could have whole movements, <laughs> whole issues, whole wars pop up and be resolved yeah. You know, before that happens.
1: I oh. the only Star Wars game I've ever run as a GM I actually ran at a con like a couple cons ago and it was actually the Bothans that died and to get the Death Star plans to get yeah, it to yeah. them the yeah. second Death Star plans yeah right. but mm-hmm. uh so it, and like that's something that they mention in the story so it was kind of like that tie-in everybody kind of knows that line but there's not I mean at least it's as far as I know, I haven't read that book particularly. Like, the story of how did they get them? What, how did they get there after all the Bothans died? How the hell did they get the plans if everybody died? Right. So that was, like, the story that they played yeah. out, which was cool, like, a cool little, like, parallel adjacent story that then yeah. fed into the the narrative that everybody knew.
0: I want to run a, a GameCon one-shot mm-hmm. called Many Bothans Died. And everyone turns over their character sheets, and they're all playing Bothans.
1: Yeah,
5: <laughs> I think they yeah.
1: my my mine, they all played droids, and like they like woke up <laughs> in the ship with all the dead Bothans there. Right, and it was the droids that managed to then take the plans that the Bothans had gotten had had, had found, and then get them to the. It's the, the best
4: th- hook ever. Kimmy. It's, it really <laughs> is one fun? of the best stories ever. It's like everybody wakes up and they all turn over the character sheets.
1: Oh my god, we're all no, droids. They, they didn't know it at first, but right. I didn't write right. it on there, right. so I, they were like asking, "What do I see?" And then they were rolling, and it took them like about four or five minutes to be like, wait a minute, I think I'm a droid. It's like, yes, you are. And they, they thought it was fun.
4: It's genius. I it's screw genius. with people
1: when I play games. So I you know,
4: They're scene. on a ship full of dead boffins, yes. and they're the ones that have to continue around. It's so smart. Yeah. It was so awesome.
1: It's
3: best, best Atomic Samurai uh, Borg is thinking the exact thing I am. He's thinking uh, DCC zero-level boffin funnel adventure with <laughs> many boffins dying. Nice. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
5: All exactly
3: the Exactly where my mind went as well. So, yeah, Dungeon so Crawl
2: classics, you get like Half a dozen Bothans and one by one, they're all going
3: to die. Be galaxy crawl. <laughs> turns out
2: Bothans are like lemmings; they just die anyway. That's Aww. kind of their
4: thing. So, <laughs> so it really wasn't that, wasn't that tragic because like the whole planet that, is. That's the, how they
2: get the
5: intelligence. Yes,
2: they, they just they just take a horde of Bothans right. and they just. Dog pile until one of them gets Kissy it them and transmits, them. transmits it. <laughs> yeah. them are the kobolds
4: of the Star Wars universe. Yes, yeah.
2: exactly.
1: So we kind of talked about, and I don't know, maybe this is, you know, uh, hopping along the topic a little bit too much, but we talked about running canon and like things like Star Wars and things like that. But what about running canon uh, adventures that your group came up with? Like, we're running the fourth game soon of our L5R campaign. It's all in the same world. And L5R has a lot of canon with it, but we've also created a bunch of canon with these campaigns.
4: A great example of trying to stick with what happens in the books, and you can't. You can't. We we, we make bad choices, and... Other stuff right. happens. It's easier to to acknowledge the canon and start from there and move on. No,
1: but, no, no, but I, like the the canon that we've created as yes. a group. Yes. Yes. Yeah, like
2: there, there is a big difference there. I've got this right now in the one of the actual plays we're running because the the campaign they're playing right now takes place time wise in parallel mm-hmm. with the campaign that they just reached the the I don't want to say end of, but it's like a pause in because we have temporarily lost a player. Mm-hmm. But How, because see, here we're looking at something different because it's not somebody else's story. Yeah. It's their story. Yeah. They do, they wrote this, they do care about this.
5: Mm -hmm.
2: And I think to some extent the answer lies right there of saying to them, okay, if you guys loved your canon, want to keep your canon, look, I as a game master can only do so much. I'm not going to put somebody in front of you and antagonize you with them and expect you're not going to react. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going to give you guys some birth, but within that, it's your canon you created. You guys have to just kind of... Ha- we need a a we need a, an agreement here, a gentleman's or a lady's agreement here, that we're not going to derail that mm-hmm. we're going to just work past it and nobody's going to try to kill our Darth Vader. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't you don't game with assholes, yeah. That's uh that's, Exactly. What are you saying? <laughs> and, and if they want to tear up their own That's rule Kimmy's cannon, rule number is one. Like, yeah. That is. if they want to tear up their own cannon, I don't know, when I was a kid, <laughs> if one of my siblings built something out of blocks and I knocked it over, I got my ass whooped. Yeah. If I built something yep. out of blocks and knocked it over, it was Who cares? Just a poor
1: life choice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of work to pick it up.
2: No, you've just reconstructed it into
4: something better. It's like once you build a bad Parthenon, you knock it down to build a better one.
1: Mm. Did you build the Parthenon as a kid?
2: Uh, maybe.
1: Mm.
2: We had a record Well, there is an attraction uh, to playing Godzilla through your blocks. Yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah that's true. Don't do that with Lincoln Logs; it'll hurt. But yeah, yeah you can <laughs> Or Legos. Lego well, uh,
4: so, <laughs> oh, yes. When you have kids in the midnight walk to the bathroom and you find all the Legos that they lost. Yeah, uh, it happens
2: yeah. everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have decided I'm going to kickstart the world's most deadly weapon, a lego d4 right <laughs> yes i don't know how that it's would gonna be work it. yet i have no idea how this comes together but i it's it's in the back of my head <laughs>
1: see what they really need to do with legos and i should like trademark this before i say it on air but whatever they just put little metal pieces in them so then all you have to do is run it over with a big magnet like that's how i pick up needles in my sewing room right because that's how that works to so put little metal bits in every lego and suddenly run your big magnet pick okay. them all up and you're done
2: Except the plastic is going to be weaker than the metal, uh-huh. so and you've now introduced a structural weakness, which basically means what you've done is effectively created caltrops. <laughs> that's that. no, that's the D four Lego is a caltrop. I mean, right there. It's the the D four Lego is still under design. <laughs> top men, top men, top top, top men. Man. Many Bothans have died testing
1: yeah. these. <laughs> See, they need to get a woman to design it, then it'll be perfect.
0: <laughs> They'll come in pairs.
1: They will. <laughs>
3: <laughs> all
0: right. Uh, let's. Uh, should we go to emails?
1: Probably. Yeah. Okay. That sounds yeah. good. What time uh, is it? It's been an hour and a half.
0: We're not getting derailed at all. <laughs> no, not nope. at all. Uh, I do the riddle. I blame myself. I started this. Murder hoboism and the exploitation of the NPC from Fredericks. Would someone like to read this? It's or? a great title. That's a great essay. <gasps> I'll read it. Well, I, I I did the title. I like that because I like the term murder hobo. I know, right? you I do. can tell.
1: Yeah, subtitle, which I think is really what he wrote. Uh, murder hobo hobos and exploitation. From Fredix on the forum. Dear Douche Booters. I did one. I did
0: go on the forum and I told people that we're gonna, that the, some fear of the boot guys are going to be coming on, nice. so if you have
1: anything
5: want to talk about.
1: It. Excellent. I'm old school. I was playing D&D back when it was simply kill it works and take their stuff. Indeed, characters got XP based on what they killed and how much stuff they took. Over the decades, games have changed. Objectives have become broader, and often XP is awarded for narrative rather than blood and gold. Games have gotten more inclusive, of course. Women are allowed to play now.
3: What? Uh,
4: it's just it's, it's phrasing. It's, it's a phrasing, phrasing. issue. That's
1: and more importantly, man. female characters are no longer hobbled by historical realism. The opportunity to play something you aren't has, I believe, given role players courage to become what they've always felt they were inside. Many trans people have found their true selves through gaming, and so the hobby as a whole should be proud of its progressive nature, certain reactionary elements notwithstanding. But, I have a niggling problem. I've never heard the word niggling. Oh, no, that's yeah, I, that use, is, I use that a lot. It's
2: a real word and unrelated yep. to the other. Yes. One. Yes. okay. So uh, it is completely fine. I think it's Scandinavian, okay. like no, no, ancient no, I Viking just, thing, yeah.
1: Niggling seems, I don't know, it sounds like sex. It just
2: means chewing at the back of your mind. It yes. means, like, yes. yeah.
1: It's yeah. totally not sex. Okay. It's not
2: Niggling is not sex.
1: Okay. So. It sounds like it should be, though, right? Like, am I the only one? Never mind. You're the only not, one. So. No. Niggling
2: sounds like foreplay, not sex.
1: Right. You know, you're right. It's definitely like the little thing you do before you get to the main <laughs> yes. event. Yeah.
2: You're literally the first <laughs> yeah. people I've ever encountered who have encountered the word niggling mm-hmm. and gone to sex instead of racism. But continue. <laughs>
1: That's how we work that's how we roll I, uh, at Happy Jacks. <laughs>
2: no, I, I, uh, I I'm picking up what
3: you're putting down. I'm getting okay. this. Yeah. See, it's not either, mate, no. It's not sex, it's not racism.
1: no. So. <laughs> it started with the second edition of Seventh C. As a fan of Richard Lester's The Best, Three Musketeer films, I was Yeah <laughs> I was keen to jump on board with the Kickstarter. John Wick has worked hard to make the game more inclusive than pre- previous versions. The only kissing couples illustrated in the core book are same sex and people that might have once been portrayed as savages and some dark continent are now playable characters with deep and old philosophies. Hooray! The adventures are, I'm sure, all about swashbuckling and dare do- daring do, but as I read the core book, I get less and less interested in playing it because despite its proud social justice stance, it portrays a period that was all about Europeans killing brown skins and taking their stuff. Yeah. You can't be a dashing lesbian pirate or a male pirate in dress um, thank you, Robert De Niro, but if you aren't killing people and taking their stuff, then actually you aren't a pirate.
4: You well, aren't you know a what? pirate.
1: Wait, wait, wait! No, no, no! We're finishing the email. Then All we'll right. talk. Vampires kill. Oh, yeah! Va- vampires kill normals and take their blood. Samurai kill or otherwise punish peasants and take their crops. Even Stu's dirigibles in space in the space game were. Uh, was about anglos killing germans over what anglos anglos sorry anglos killing germans Mm -hmm. over what get uh who gets to plunder the native resources for the zoological society we think we've come so far in rpgs over almost five decades but we're still mostly murder hobos is that all there is or can the host and guests each tell us about one favorite game that doesn't boil down to exploiting npcs every game
2: Every so, single game. So right? this is
3: a pretty softball question, then.
2: <laughs> right, right. We, we thought we'd start
1: you off with an easy one.
2: Here, yeah. here's the thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this to you straight up. Okay. Okay. Fuck their books. The books give you a system. They give you a framework for telling a story. Tell your story. There is nothing in the games, at least the games that I am most familiar with, which is a pretty good number of games, that necessitates you doing any of this stuff that may be what they portray that may be the storylines they pedal, that may be what the art depicts that may be what the implied setting is but there is absolutely nothing that says this is what you have to do and let, let me give you uh, two examples of games that i played that went like this one was a Shadowrun game where I had I was running it but there was an NPC who was an orc and he was a, he was not a mate. He was a semi-major NPC. He was, he wasn't a top tier NPC, but he wasn't background fluffy either. And, um, his thing was that he defied the stereotypes that would exist within the shadow run context of racism. about mm-hmm. He was well-groomed, he was well-educated, uh, he was very high up. He had a position of authority. And this was the story I chose to tell. And there's nothing in the Shadowrun rulebook that would stop me. And even if there was... I mean, what is... Is, is Jordan Weissman or whoever going to come to my house and try and break my kneecaps? Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, I, I found it... And I realize I'm wading into a bit of a controversial topic here. But I think it was in 5th edition d when they had that paragraph saying, oh, if you want to, you can play trans or genderqueer or, uh, you know, uh, non-heteronormative characters. To me, it was almost insulting, not because of its content, but because of what it implies. That is, if in any prior edition of D&D, you couldn't. Like, if it's not in the rulebook giving you permission, you couldn't do it.
1: Right, but you have to like think of it from the point of view of someone just jumping into the hobby. Someone oh, just shit, oh. right. Someone just jumping into the hobby doesn't necessarily know that they've played Monopoly. They've played video games where the rule book is like how you play. So if oh, you're that, reading the, and, but
3: but even when you jumped into the hobby or when I jumped into the hobby, I mean yes, you you had you had this little framework that okay, so this is just like you said, this is how I have to play, or this is telling me how I have to play. But it didn't take long for you to realize, wait a second, um, I can play a female character, and I can play a female character that's not how a man might stereotypically play a female character but based that- on his own biases. And, and 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 then you can make the progressions from there. And then when you begin to meet other people who do that, it can adapt your play style and your growth as a player. 100%.
1: But I think also a huge part of that is because I was very lucky when I jumped into the hobby it, you know, for like for real, like I did it a little bit in junior high, which was just a book. But like when I really jumped into the hobby, I had great people to play with who were accepting and OK with that. There are games you jump into and they're like, well, it doesn't say you can do that in the rule book. Like I have yes. flat out seen that and we've heard horror stories. And I, that's one of the experiences that women share with me the most is like I sat down at the table and I wanted to play this. And they were like, no, you get to play this. We need a healer here. You do this, okay, yeah, you know.
2: Yeah, Fuck, fuck that. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean that. That's that's BS. And and if if you're a, a woman, a minority, whatever exactly. it is you are, don't put up with that. Those are bad people. There are good people in the hobby. Just you know, look for somebody else. Or, you know, trust me. There are. You look around, you will find people who aren't like that. Don't don't put up with that period. Yeah.
1: And I think Um, this ties back to like what we were kinda talking about earlier is like the representation, like people seeing, people hearing us and putting this message out there. Like I'll admit, when I got in the hobby, like looking at rule and I still like sometimes we'll like play games like we were playing um, some of the palladium games. mm -hmm. Like those rule books are pretty old. You open it and as a woman I'm like, Oh wow, she's got like Huge okay, quarter yard of fabric over her tits. That's nice. Okay, I feel yeah. totally Oh, and she can
3: shoot things out of them, too. <laughs>
1: yeah, look at that. Oh, that's amazing. So, Everest I mean, there, there is something <laughs> you kind of are like, okay, well, I, I get that this has moved past this now. And I've seen the change, like, looking at oh, the sure. D&D 5e rulebook. Like, there's some amazing armor and females and, and representation in there. Like, all different, you know, ethnic backgrounds looking, all these things. Which, like, I, like, seriously, when I opened that book, I was really excited about that. And hey, that let mean- me give you
2: two games. Okay. I'll, I'll give you, because your point is well taken mm-hmm. um, about, uh, it, it's what on Fear of the Boot we call the implied setting. Right. That every game has in it, even if there's not an explicit setting, it has implications that it communicates through the language it uses, the pictures it uses, the things it rewards you for, right. you know, the pellets on the hamster wheel that imply a certain kind of game. And the truth is, you don't have to play that. But your point is well taken that somebody that's new to the hobby or really narrow-minded wouldn't do that. So let me give you two games where you play the underdog. Mm -hmm. You play the social outcast. One is an older game. Um, I don't think it's still in print, but you can dig up copies of it, I'm sure, um, in game bins and theoretically probably... googling for a pdf of it but i won't suggest that um it but it's a game called justifiers Mm -hmm. in justifiers what you play is uh humanity exists and is back on earth or in their main colony world and they need to send out people to do very very stupid and dangerous things to call local wildlife or explore a dangerous planet or whatever. And it's this kind of mix of, of, of action and star Trek sort of science mystery stuff. <coughs> but what you play is a group of genetically engineered human animal hybrids that are hybridized for the animal properties that make them useful, but they are considered ultimately non-people and disposable. And you play that underclass and an actual human doesn't have any interest in you you are sent out to do the things they don't want to do um to take to give a real world metaphor these were the irishmen or the chinamen that they sent in to set off the detonations uh when they were making railroad tunnels or bothans or bothans (laughs) yes they just plain don't care Another game that I think portrays this and does it well, once again, within both the implicit, in this case, the explicit setting as well, is Paranoia. Because you play somebody who is low on the totem pole, who is oppressed, who is manipulated, um, and in that game, uh, in the newer editions, they say, for example, that uh, you are not allowed to have heterosexual sex or romance because it's considered an affront to friend computers cloning program mm-hmm. so you may only engage in homosexual sex because it's considered good exercise oh. and but it, it's a game that caters to that sense of you are forever the underdog mm-hmm. the the servile class you are not the person on top and you are trying to constantly stagger around the people who are in positions of privilege and power to make it to the next day. Interesting.
4: There's another aspect of this email that I uh, that I that I got out of this because the title is "Murder Hobos," and 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 perhaps it's just me, but I, I find that a lot of people approach games with a set of expectations. The fighter fights; he doesn't talk. the The magician throws fireballs, and there's nothing else. Nobody thinks outside that little box. Um, more often than not, in the real world, the last thing. Uh, a, a, a Navy SEAL wants to do is shoot his gun and kill people. That's, that they really want to try to talk it out or find another alternative for it. And yet, when people come into a role-playing game, I'm the fighter, I'm just going to go kill it. They, they're stuck in this rut of <coughs> following what they're told or what they think the expectation is for their character to do. And it can be predictive and boring and ultimately I think it's just it's not fun, but if people don't know any better. They don't know that you can play a fighter and actually it's okay not to kill something every game. It's all right. You can actually talk to stuff and interact with stuff and, you know, have have moral questions up about stuff that happens in the game. You don't have to kill everything. One
0: of, one of the things that I was going to interrupt you when you were reading the, the email mm-hmm. about pirates, <clears throat> Blackbeard only got in, like, one or two fights his entire career. Huh. Yeah. People, he raised his flag. They gave up because he had a reputation. Mm-hmm. One of the fights he 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 was in was the one that killed him. But prior to that, they would just come up to a ship, get 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 in, get into a position where they had the advantage for the wind or whatever. Raise their flag and drop the flag, put up the white flag, take what you want, and they would leave. You know, they very often they would let him keep the ship, and and nice. more often than not. I mean, the pirates weren't murder hobos. Well, so if you want to play it, if you want to play like a realistic historical pirate game, yes. you're going to play a very boring pirate game for one thing, right? Because you're not going to have a lot of that stuff. But pirates weren't were they? They didn't they didn't want to go in and fight people no. any more than anyone else does. Because mm-hmm. people would die by getting a scratch right. and die because there
4: no antibiotics. Yeah, so hurts. nobody wants to
0: fight. Yeah, no one t- wants to go charging in with swords against other people who also have swords. Mm-hmm. That's suicide. Exactly,
2: getting cut hurts, so <laughs> you know, another game that I found does this pretty well, mm-hmm. and I think you could do this while well, I have my preferred edition, which shockingly is is years out of print. I think you do this with any version of the game because the setting that the uh the going back to canonicity, the setting that the canon has already enshrined centers around this is star trek mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. Star Trek is a game that is all about diversity and oppressed and yes. classes and social themes and things like mm-hmm. that. And so there is a game that is very, very friendly, yeah. even at the level of... I mean, if anyone's watched a few episodes of Star Trek, they get that. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, this is the idea that that, you know, anyone can be anything... And it's a a game about what you can do, not what you can't do. And it's also not a game, going back to the murder-hobo things, it doesn't reward the murder-hobo thing. Mm -hmm. Because when you get shot, and I don't know how it is in every edition, but just going by the editions that I've played and what's in the show, somebody shoots you with a phaser or disruptor, it's not 25 points of damage. Mm
5: -hmm. You're
2: not there. Yeah, right. (laughs) If you pull those guns, you better freaking mean it. Yeah. And it's it creates a I mean, it creates this incentive to solve things in the and Starfleet's ideology aside, which that of course <coughs> should be a very powerful theme in your game, but even if you put that aside, the knee jerk reaction to whip out a gun and shoot, once again, you don't take two D six damage. Mm-mm. You take vaporized damage. Yeah.
4: For, yeah you're dead or or, or
0: not. But mm-hmm. yeah. I, I still, know, I still think. Okay, go ahead. Along those same lines, Legend of the Five Rings. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things that I think sets Star Trek apart is because of the fact that is the Prime Directive, and there is that we 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 do things in a moral way. L five R is the same way. You've got the, the 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 tenets of Bushido. It's hard to be a murder hobo. And maintain your honor. Well, and if you want to stick, just, it's you, just difficult. If you
4: want to stick with systems, I mean, GURPS is a great example of a deadly system. You where can totally be a murderer. Yeah, you can well,
1: totally be. Well, but but the thing is, <laughs> I the think thing it's like is, a specialty of it. Yeah. Yeah. But the
4: thing is, it's easy to kill anybody. If if yes.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: A- and, and so and it's so people, easier to be a murder And it's easier to die. So people yes. people approach a game differently when right. they're playing GURPS, which is instead of just charging in because they know a headshot can take you down, they might
0: actually stop and try to talk to the kobolds first. Right. I, I, to or me that, a- that, avoid them. To me that almost creates kind of a false sense of morality.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Because it's, it's morality out of fear rather than morality out of but, I am this way and I... I I have a responsibility to my society to behave the way I'm expected to behave. Mm-hmm. Do, you see, do you see the distinction I'm talking about? I, I, I do. If you're
4: actually going out to kill the band of kobolds, that's fine. If you if you're just trying to get from point A to point B and there's kobolds in between, you would rather avoid them. It's it's two different moral conundrums.
3: I I think a lot of that too comes from the fact of you. It, it, this this because this gets into a little bit of a meta kind of thing, but players know they're in a game uh-huh. and so yeah. it, it provides that license to misbehave in a certain way that you would never do in real life oh, I'm sure. right? I've got in three dailies left I need to use expo- I need to use well, them. Exa- yeah exactly so they're, they're invested in the game but not not they're invested with a lowercase I as opposed to the capital I meaning yep. like what we're doing here really matters and uh-huh. my character could die there is no there's there's no coming back from this right. and there's there's so many safety nets built in to prevent that it allows you to it's it's a lot like literally the show westworld in the sense that you can go and engage in all of this reckless behavior with little to no consequences uh, and that and that's
4: what is going to bring me to the, the point i was going to start with originally which is regardless of setting you can set up a game where there <coughs> the choices that they make don't always have to be killing stuff i mean when when uh, Dave and I came up with Mission I, um backstory for you guys, I set up a game in, in 5e where everybody's a bard, and it's based on the original television series, Mission Impossible. <coughs> because it occurred to me that all the Mission Impossible guys are conmen, disguise artists... Entertainers, seductresses, bards. all of that—they're bards. So I, I assembled a group of bards, and they had to go in and infiltrate and get get up. And I just I set up the premise, which is you need to get the child out of this castle that was being covered, carried by his, his, his step parents, and mm-hmm. and you know everybody. And, and if and if you get in trouble, we're going to disavow your And there was no combat. Mm-hmm. And I think at the con somebody really wanted to kill somebody just to prove the point, but the, the point was th- within, a, within D&D 5e I'd set up, a, set up an area where they could just come in and not have to kill everything, and they had to think they had to uh, exploit the resources and everything, and everybody had a great time
1: But did they still exploit the NPCs? No Even though they, like not well, killing them, because you can still exploit NPCs without killing
4: them Well, okay
1: and because, that was the question.
4: Yes, and no, because they were gathering resources and stuff, but but eventually what they did is they snuck in and charmed and bought their way in and found their way in and got the guy and got out. So nobody Wait. nobody died,
2: but they can were we, exploiting uh, them by talking. Can I have an honest question for you. Yes. This is not a loaded question no, no. or whatever. This is an honest question. Yeah. How would you define the difference between exploit and peacefully interact? So let's say I encounter Mm. kobolds. Mm. What would be the line between I'm exploiting them and I'm simply finding a nonviolent resolution to this situation? Can I get my?
1: No, yes. Can I get my politically incorrect incorrect answer? No, he said my name.
5: Okay, go ahead. It's directed Um, to her. It's directed to
1: me. Um, I would say. I mean. There, like a lot of players will exploit that situation but there are ways about to do it. Um like for example my character in L5R is like super I'm the, actually the only one who has a lot of morals in that party, Stork. And I'm um, dead. character's <laughs> <You're> dead. dead. <laughs> oh, spoiler sorry. Um anyway. Sacrifice. Um like finding a way to trade with them. Like with something right. they want. If it's something they want, maybe it doesn't have equal value but maybe if they still want it that much, like that's not exploiting them if it's a willing trade and something you mean like that shiny they want.
0: beads for a
2: plot of land.
1: Sure, if they want shiny beads.
2: I mean, wow. Okay, I'm not. Ta- okay. I,
1: mean, you to, I mean, you have to. I mean, you have to also like think about the agency of those characters. Like, okay. maybe they do they farm. I don't know about kobolds. Do kobolds farm? Do they ever use or use for that land? Maybe they can trade their shiny bees for something more. Like, maybe that's actually more valuable to them as a people. Yeah, so, so,
2: so let me let me give you an example. And, okay, and I want, that would I that would be helpful. <laughs> okay, now I want you to tell me how you would interpret this one. Okay. So let, let's say we're, we're near the entrance of a dungeon. and We know we need something farther down. Mm-hmm. This dungeon's atop much more ancient ruins. Mm-hmm. And so we need to get <clears> three <throat> levels down or whatever. Mm-hmm. And near the entrance, we encounter a tribe of kobolds who have taken up residence at the upper level of this cave. Mm-hmm. And when we encounter them, we just lay it out for them straight. Look. Mm-hmm we found you, we could fight you, and we might win, or you guys might win, but a great loss yourself. Or you can simply let us pass, and we won't harm you. And on top of that, when we, we're going to cut you two things. One, when we get out of here, we will never mention your existence to anybody. And secondly, if we find any great treasure down below, we'll share i don't know 10 20 percent of it with you guys for letting us pass peaceably Mm -hmm. and the kobolds you know you roll your what checks or rp convincingly or whatever it is the game master wants Mm -hmm. and the kobolds go along with this Mm -hmm. honest question is that exploitation or is that a friendly interaction
1: that's bartering that's like to me that doesn't seem like exploitation
2: Okay, so, so here, here's, here's what I... And I agree, I agree. I, I just wanted to make sure we were on the same page rather than presuming. Yeah. But I agree. And, and here's what I would say, is there are two things a game master can do to help with this. And players, I think, can do one of these two, the first one. The first one is simply to mention this possibility or to show it's possible. Yes. That when the kobolds show up, one of them attempts to address the party... Maybe they speak on the Cobalt Sleep Draconic. And so maybe uh, one of them tries to, to, a party member speaks Draconic, and mm-hmm. you as the game master know that. Um, and, or, or speaks broken common. Or whatever, but the or if it's a party member, a party member steps forward and tries to talk to them. Mm -hmm. And this doesn't have to result in combat. And this is something the players or the game master can do is to show it is possible. Absolutely to show there is a third route here, that there is a way to do this in a mutually beneficial sort of way. Absolutely. Uh, You know, uh, the second thing that I would say is as a game master, and I don't know that players can do this as well, but as a game master, players like anybody else, you know, if you look at like a call center, um, and and I I know this from having worked, I've never worked in a call center, but I've worked around call centers. Mm -hmm. If you tell the people that your metric you're being judged by is how quickly you turn over the calls, they're going to turn those calls over as quickly as they can. Yeah. If you tell them your metric is the number of problems successfully solved, those calls slow down, but problems get solved. Mm
5: -hmm.
2: In the same way, whatever it is a pellet is dispensed for, people start to understand that this is the way the game's going. I mean, we talked about the implied setting that's given by a rulebook, Mm -hmm. but the game master and the other players are also creating an implied setting by the way they play the game. And so if somebody comes in and kills the kobolds, and they get X. But if somebody negotiates past the kobolds mm-hmm. and the game master says, you know what? That was such a neat solution. I'm going to give you bonus XP. And on top of that, somebody make a note, you now have a friend in this kobold tribe, and they might help you out in the future. You need someplace to lay low? They might hide you away. Yeah. Or show you a quick, a way to bypass level 2 of the dungeon and get straight to level 3. Yeah. Or, or, or whatever it is. But we're going to reward you for having found a different solution to this problem.
1: Absolutely. The Pavlovian response where it's like, ring the bell, give him a treat. Like, 100% (laughs) works.
4: It's also a matter of making sure you have players that are flexible for that, because you get the guy that's optimized his fighter to to kill and stab stuff, isn't necessarily gonna sit around and watch everybody else talk to the things. It's like, well, I haven't done anything all game. He's
0: taken all the fighty feats. He wants to use his fighty
4: feats. Well, yeah, and and, and are are you doing the fighter a disservice?
1: Well, yeah, I mean as a, the GM, that's when you know that. You plan ahead and yeah. say, "Hey, the kobolds have been being attacked while they're, you know, foraging in the forest. There's a big bear or whatever that's <coughs> that's killing them. Let the fighting guy go kill the bear and, you know, uh, to pay off like getting past the kobolds." Like you can find things that these people need that can be an equitable trade that isn't exploitive that uses uses like violent uh, abilities.
0: Murder was and exploitation? There's, there's also, I mean, he he mentioned one of the two settings I'm working on for Moment of Truth. Mm-hmm. Um, um,
1: Vast dominions.
0: Vast dominions. Vast dominions is a parody setting. Yes, and it, it is. It basically is taking the colonialism of the 19th century and, and pre World War One and breathing new life into it mm-hmm. because oh, we don't have to have World War One and find out how horrible we can be to each other. Yeah. We can be horrible to other people out in space instead, right? Space people. And that's kind of... I mean, one one of the... One of the the chapters, like chapter 7, is conservationists and other troublemakers. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, that's the tone of the game. The game is about... This is, we're going to go out and conquer space, right? Mm -hmm. The other thing is um, Bloodblade and Tusk, which is the medieval setting that takes place before the Normandy invasion. Mm -hmm. Where orcs... Take over France, and it—you have the—you have basically the the remnants of the Holy Roman Empire Mm -hmm. at that point. People back in that era were horrible to each other Mm -hmm. in ways most of us can't even begin to imagine. And life was cheap because I've been reading a lot about what society was like then. Yeah, everyone was horrible to everyone
5: else. Mm -hmm. Life was was short,
0: standard, was was Mm -hmm. nasty, brutish, and short. The, the I have a whole chapter on just the justice system, and the various tortures that existed at the time, and the people who showed up to them and their reactions to these things, the the, the sense of morality and the sense of. A, a, a moral center, yeah, the moral compass is almost alien to them course. compared to what we think of it today. Yes, so because people died on your
4: doorstep from anything, and and other, sometimes from your neighbors, absolutely, it,
0: it was horrifying. Some of the stuff I have read, I wish I hadn't read it. No, yeah, I mean r- they really they were horrible to each other all the time, and their wars were were even worse.
1: Yeah. I would still, I would, I would say, uh, Fred, Fredericks, that yes, I do feel like, I mean, are we, are we there yet? Are we at the final oh, no. form of gaming, and whether you know it being inclusive and it being not not exploitative and things like that? No, we're definitely not. But I feel like it's come a huge way, at least since I've even been in the hobby, like seeing the, the different options. Like, like, like you said, when you started playing, it was ugh, kill orger, ogres and steal their stuff. You know, or orcs. it makes me sad. As well, I, I,
0: we a I don't know. Very early on, even in, like, as early as like, like the mid-1980s, mm-hmm. we, we, were running, we were running games where the party would come into town and they were looking for wrongs to right. Mm-hmm. And it, they weren't looking to exploit people. They weren't. They weren't murder hobos. I mean,
1: they were looking to. But did they torture people to get things they wanted?
0: Nah, that group, no. Oh, well, Very that's rarely. It's a okay. rare group. What they would do, though, they would. I mean, if they got into a fight with someone and they had to kill the guy, and they they would even get in fights with people and like after like the guy's down and hurt because this is Gerps. So if you take enough damage, yeah, you know, you're not fighting as well. They would, like, give them a chance to give up. But if they had to, like, okay, and kill them, and then, then of course, they're going to pick through the body.
1: I'd just like to point out that I'm four for four for throwing my cans in that trash I, can over there. I
0: haven't missed one yet. <laughs> well done. Thank you, right? But, I mean, it. that's not every group that does the, the, no, that's the, the murder hobos.
1: One of the things that I think is absolutely fascinating is the kids' game you ran for Zachary and all those so little sweet. kids. Those kids so were amazing like i was i was just helping and watching and they came up with so many non-exploitative like super non-violent gri- non yeah. answers to their problems like they, it was like we put up like like pcs were like oh this is the bad guy oh well, we feel bad for him let's talk to him and like figure out what he needs why is he doing this so yeah. i feel like and also because i work with kids the oldest
0: kid there was my daughter who at the time was like 11 yeah, but, you
1: know, yeah. L- l- let me uh, just for a second, and, like I feel like there's some of that that is kind of learned as we go through and we become like hardened adults. Like as a kid, you see those possibilities. You you have problems because I deal with those all day. But like the 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 magic of yeah, let's like like empathizing with that bad guy is something I feel like, we, and we're all kind of inherently born with. And then we kind of like lose it as we get older. And as we start to play games and we start to play video games and things like that and and play these tabletop games in a way that there's not that resolution that 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 the way the quickest way to get what we want is the violent route, the torture route, the sometimes seduction the route, you know whatever it is that I think sometimes we forget and we get closed off to those possibilities that maybe we naturally would come up with I as can't tell people. you
2: any boss fights where I can talk my way out of it. You have to fight them.
1: Yeah. Sorry, what were, were you going to say then?
2: I, as a game master, have mm-hmm. absolutely allowed that in, on several occasions where the party has flipped the boss mm-hmm. rather than fight the boss. But, but, Kimmy, something I was going to point out is I would wager, having watched people game with kids, now, mm-hmm. of course, I didn't observe your specific game, right. but but having watched people game with kids, is there's also a difference in the game master response. Yes. So what happens is you encounter the mustache-twirling bad guy, and the kids suddenly say, oh, well, we feel bad for him, and we want to empathize with him and understand him and see what we can do to make him feel better, and and to not be this kind of person, and and you as an adult say, you know, oh, isn't that cute? And, and you, you go with that. Mm-hmm. You say, well, he's upset about this, you know, because he, I don't know, lost his wife to some disease a year ago, I don't know, whatever but you come up with your reason why he's bad and you let them operate within that to change that. And I think part of what happens, unfortunately is we take that depth away Mm -hmm. because what happens there is those kids are actually getting a better villain than the generic adult game gets. Oh sure. Oh yeah. That's a villain who has a story Mm -hmm. who is not monodimensional, who has, you know, other issues going on there's something that drove them to what they are and could theoretically take them off that path and what happens too many times when we get to these adult games quote unquote or the games we play as adults is that's not an option anymore Mm -hmm. the bad guy's going to fight you period you know the the idea that you can understand and, and why is the evil wizard evil he mm-hmm. just is. He's power hungry, he's insane. He he wants to rule the world and has no <coughs> particular motivation for doing this. Right. And we create these monodimensional, nonsensical enemies, and it it perpetuates the style of gaming where someone who came to this with a an empathetic approach. Would find no place in that game. Yeah. And I think that's something that, that occurs from the game Master Down. Yes. You which agree. is why I cannot suggest enough that I, I totally recognize what you're saying about the implied setting, but goodness gracious, these rule books are just frameworks. You know, we my advice to anyone listening who's new to gaming is all these books are doing is giving you a place to start and a mechanic for resolving dispute. Yeah. it's They're not here to tell you how to play the game and what kind of stories to tell. You bring up a good point, but I want
4: to point out the feedback loop again, which is if you have an adult player that says, oh, Mr. Wizard, what's wrong? And all of a sudden, that monochromatic bad guy that you had just set up, you now have to come up with a backstory for it because that's really what the kids did. Stu just set up a bad guy. But when they started asking questions, he had to come up with those answers.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: It's, it's almost a matter of the player's training. I know, okay, I know when I was playing back in the day when we first did D anD D, we were all pretty much just following the Lord of the Rings quest setup. It was in our head. That's what we did. That's what we thought was the way to do the game. We didn't. We didn't think that you could talk your way out of combating orcs. Orcs were bad. Orcs wanted to kill us. They were, you know, doing this thing. It never occurred to us that that was an option. And I think that players get stuck in their roles. They get stuck in the the baggage of the system of the of the tropes and they can't sometimes think of, think around that or think outside of that
5: yeah
1: i think that's why it's important like even though you're absolutely right like the the book does not dictate what you can you do in your world by yeah. any means i think that those elements like that paragraph you were talking about earlier the artwork all those things being inclusive being accepting and and stating like hey, this is what we've come up with, but you can do whatever you want. And I think the D&D books have said that from the beginning. Like, you get, you guys are creating your own game, you know, that says some variation on that in just about every game book that I know of. Well, in
0: high-gag action, that takes about five paragraphs to say, but yes.
1: Right, of course. Because <laughs> I speak Quenya, but that's a little complicated even for me. But, uh, you know, I, I think that just having that there is kind of like to help that, help lessen that barrier to entry and be like, have people know, okay, so this is... You know, more guidelines than actual rules, like to use the, the quote everybody uses with stuff like that. But I don't mm-hmm. know. I think it's important. It,
4: it, it is. It is. I think, it, I think we're all guilty on all, all sides. I think GMs set up one-dimensional villains, and I think players drop into their roles really easily. GMs, then,
1: I, GMs I don't, then reward that. I don't set right.
0: up one, one-dimensional villains.
1: No, because you're good. I'm no like mere hedge I, mage.
0: And,
5: you know anything. nothing about him. You yeah, murdered him before no, he could ever find fast, anything. So we don't
1: know what happened. <laughs> he probably had some epic like four-page backstory. <laughs> we just never know because, I am no an huge mage. I got, am now a corpse.
0: Got blown out of the water. <laughs> they, they they one-shotted a... They finally got to the point where I thought, I think the party's ready to take on a mage who's got fireball. They were like third level or fourth level. Yeah. And they he, he rolled poorly on his initiative, and they killed him before he got his turn.
1: We attacked him with a rhino.
0: Flaza.
4: Flaza the system. Yeah.
1: Impaled by a rhino. But but,
4: but my point is, I think that we're all guilty on on all sides. I think GMs are guilty of not... Uh, maybe, maybe uh, setting up a situation where players can talk their way out of a situation. There's mm-hmm. like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna set up a, a, a mage combat. And it's gonna be a combat, and if somebody came up and went, "Oh, Mister Wizard, he's a blower. <laughs> can we talk this out?" And you're gonna go die." But instead, if it were kids, you'd be like, "And depending, yes,
0: yes, maybe we can talk this and out." And depending on the, his motivation, he might take the flower, or it might be like Kent I, I, State.
4: I, I have. Uh, <coughs> And there's Wow (laughs) Wow Wow. Wow. But it
3: doesn't Undermine the fact That that,
4: It doesn't undermine The fact that we all Still fall into these tropes And I think that That's important to examine
1: (coughs) Alright let's go To the next email
4: There isn't one (laughs) There is There's a riddle Riddle me this douchebag. This is one
1: that they've Really been listening
4: for I only got the one page
1: Turn the page
2: I did Oh did I not give you No
1: you've got another page See there Yeah
2: the same email, and my thing is copy and pasted twice. Oh yeah, so me yes. too.
1: Riddle me this. Maybe oh this no, it is the actual same text. It's got a different name. But oh
2: well, then I, I should read it. Then
0: sorry, you should.
1: <laughs> well done. <Stuart. laughs> let, me go, let me go
0: find that email. That real was a quick. good
1: discussion, though, guys. Well done. High fives. High fives.
0: Well, thank you. Let's see, where would I put that? I would put that under Happy Jack's email. Listener emails. This and is
1: riveting, Stu. Like hearing you navigate your I'm computer. Looking. This is what people love. This is the Happy Jack's <laughs> quality that people tune in for. Let me tell you. <laughs> Chris
4: has been awfully quiet. So, Chris, tell, uh, tell us about your uh, your worst uh, gaming nightmare while Stu looks this up.
3: Honest what? to God, my, wor- my worst gaming nightmare? Yeah. You really want to know? Yeah, we love nightmares.
1: Okay. Well, now yeah. I okay.
3: do. All right. Um. So this happened to me. We, uh, we were playing. We were doing a kind of a round robin, uh, GMing, um, of an Earthdawn campaign, and so it was my turn to be the player, and we had another one of the guys in our regular group be the GM, and he had set up a villain for my swordmaster, and this I was, we were playing an earth Dawn. And for those of you who don't know, swordmaster is kind of like the specialized duelist class. Um, so they are in essence, a fighter, but they are the swashbuckling uh, taunting type fighter in the game. And so I, I had a bit of a, uh, a bit of a kind of a showdown with this, this guy who was going to be my long-term villain. And, Things w- weren't necessarily going my way, and um, my character was knocked out. And when I awoke, uh, it had become very uh, evident to me, and this is the GM describing this to me, by the way, and uh, he used other terms, but uh, that um, not only and then defeated, you know, or at least you know, somewhat humiliated by my eventual nemesis, he had also then ass raped me. Oh, wow! So, yeah.
1: Oh my God! Um, so he
3: he treated me basically. He brought up the gimp, um, and
1: uh, and oh man, that's not okay.
3: No, it was no, not
1: okay. It was no, not okay. God. It was not okay. there's, and there's it, actually
4: there's actually a video online with Boba Fett in the in oh the, yeah. Montreal. Gosh, yes,
2: yes. Yeah. That, that, that one's funny, but it's that, all, one's, that one's also supposed to be absurd. It's yes, to, yes, it, it's it, not it supposed is supposed to be suggestive to yeah. courses of action.
5: That's <laughs> awful
3: and it was just it was just so far and that was the weird thing about it is that this was so far out of left field and this was a guy i mean we were friends outside of the game and you know and everything had been relatively normal up until this point but this just came out of nowhere and i'm thinking in my head like what the fuck are you talking about dave you know yeah but it, it was just in i, I I'm I'm basically I was like like I am now I just couldn't quite I didn't even know what to say I didn't even know what to do after that Was this
2: the same gaming group where they were showing each other their balls around the table (sighs) No that was in college Oh, that's was
3: more appropriate. That was a different. That was a much different, and that wasn't me. Either. This actually okay. So I'm asking to question: I, Chris's choices in
4: uh,
2: gaming groups here. Yeah, I, I do. But
1: that's like, <laughs> a, you, that's like uh, a, a rage quit table flip moment, like burn the house oh, yeah. to the ground moment. Yeah, but-
2: yeah, when he was telling the story, of say our friend who doesn't use cameras. When he was telling the stories so he lives in Iowa. Most of us live in or around St. Louis, so we record locally, in Chris remote's in. And when Chris was first telling the story, I wish there had been a camera in this room because everyone around the table was giving each other these total like what oh, the fuck yeah. are we hearing? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. and Sorry, so like, Chris, yeah. T- tell the story. This is yeah. this is true this
5: this
3: uh, Yeah, so no, this was so in college, actually, um, this is my freshman year in college, and the uh, I was the only theater major on my dorm floor and Everyone else around me, around me, with the exception of maybe like one or two people, were primarily FIAD majors, you mm-hmm. know. And so, aside from the good-natured ribbing of who had the more difficult classes, you know, they had golf, I had acting, you know, whose class was tougher. Um, I actually got three of these guys uh, to play D&D. They had never played D&D before. And this, mm-hmm. was, around, this was when second edition was, was, uh, was big and so you know stereotypically funnily enough i don't know three out of i'm sorry it was four guys three out of the four guys made fighters these are all five majors remember uh-huh. and then the the fourth guy he made a uh, he made a <coughs> fighter he made a fighter thief so you know they, they wanted a lot of combat so i gave them a lot of combat we're doing that but then once we kind of got comfortable they, and I don't know I don't know if this was like the thing for them to do at the time or what, but they would basically like flash each other their nuts um during the game, so like they'd be sitting across the table, and then one guy would be like, "Hey, rich, take a look at my nuts," and he would grab them, he would grab them, and then he would like just the whole unit twig and berries and just yank on that sucker and stretch it as far as he possibly could. So so rich could see it better. I was not sure
1: you know. Right, like, but, like like I realize at in this discussion I'm probably the least experienced, but I fear Clearly. I've always known that like like grabbing and yanking I've always got negative reactions when I did things you like can't that.
3: pull them very far. No, they would just this people like well, pull it's it so over it, But they would say, do this and, I, and again, I'm behind the GM screen and again I'm thinking the (laughs) fuck is going on? Because I didn't participate in that. (laughs) No. Because I'm not going to. And they just... And it was all like all four of them would do that occasionally to each other. I, just, I don't know why they would do. That. No, I <laughs> I, never, I, you know. I
4: get that. I get. I tell you, it's locker room behavior. I completely understand. <laughs> it, yeah. it really was. How do you
1: <laughs> understand really locker room behavior?
2: I had to take phys ed.
1: Oh, that one I time. Am, well, th- high school. I've school.
2: never. I've never seen. I, I fully believe Chris, but like if if this was a novel and I hit that chapter, I'd be like. This is implausible.
3: Yeah. I, well, it, no. honestly, as you're, as you're experiencing it, it seemed implausible. It just was, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I, I got to say this.
4: It doesn't really go away because I work with a lot of construction crews. And, uh, yeah, it, it, that kind of stuff still kind of happens. It's not quite as uh, graphic, but, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of, like, a... Uh, Oh man, you should have worn underwear today. <laughs> oh really? You want to check it? Above? And then out they come. You are like,
3: dude, I can no, wear it tomorrow if you to want. Get some work
4: done. What's wrong <laughs> with you?
2: So no, yeah, that's just goes is right. Boys are weird. We're yeah, st- yep. these are weird. Yep. <laughs> yep, Very proud of their junk. No, no, no. These people are. I've never done anything like this. In my life. These people are fucked up. It's not a boys thing. It's these <laughs> these, these guys. <laughs> you got to go to Iowa more often, I guess. I am going to This was when I
3: lived in. This was actually. I, I went to school across the uh, across the border in Wisconsin. So this is all. Oh, well, yeah. big city. Oh yeah. So, oh, yeah.
2: so the birthplace role playing <laughs> games. That's yeah. true. That's now, true.
0: Now, uh, am, would I be correct in assuming that there was some drinking going on during this these
3: games? Surprisingly, not as much as you would think. They were all underage. Yeah, uh, we were. We okay. were all underage, all and right. so you had to sneak that. You had to do it in the dorm room, uh, more than anything else. But maybe um, they were just really into know.
1: each other and not brave enough to tell each other.
3: That you know what they could have very, they very yep. much could have been I mean really yeah uh, that would not have surprised me yep. either
1: so um,
4: I don't know we that's we not have, that we bad have, of a horror, we've horror story horror. We, we've heard worse that's that, you, yeah, yeah, no
1: the first, to first one was terrible, the, the, first
3: one's terrible. the
0: first one's terrible yeah
4: the was. first,
3: oh, the one, first was one was yeah the first one was awful and you know and the the thing was like okay if you if you want to look at it from like a game analysis point. Um, it, with no emphasis on the anal and then analysis, by the way. Um, oh, oh. Oh. <laughs> sorry. It, it's, it's the no, dad joke. No, I get Daniel, it. I can't, yeah. I, can't, I, I can't pass it up. Some people are into it. Come on. It ruined the... Ruined? Don't you mean rectum? <laughs> it didn't killed them. Thank you. Um... <laughs> <laughs> um Oh, my gosh. Anyway, uh, I love you guys. Love you guys. No, you don't.
1: You're like, oh, God, what have I done? My integrity.
3: The the My, as obviously as you might expect, my desire to continue to play that character, gone. My desire to continue to play in that game, gone. You know, and I was actually, yeah. even though, but, but unfortunately, you know, that's like that was like the the only group I had. There yeah. was no other group to so. I just had to ride it out until it came back around to my turn to GM, and then I just I never let the reins go at that point. I just never gave them back. Oh, there I, you go. I,
5: was- I
3: tried to write that you know that wrong, and, and yeah, it, when you're GM, your GM PC, you know flies into the background, which I was fine with at that point. Mm. But um, yeah, it was just a it, that was just a bizarre bizarre well, situation. And, and the worst crime is that it all happened
4: off camera without your control. I mean, if you had woken yeah. up and had been polymorphed into a brownie, or if you had been, uh, uh, you know, you've you're, you're been blinded, it, it's the yeah. same kind of thing. It's like, all of a sudden, without your decisions, without your choice, without you having to make a role or anything, something happened to you that was beyond your control. And it really is... I don't
0: know. I'm Perhaps violating it is. It, it is. is a violation. How about? Yeah. How about? There's just some stuff that yeah you just don't do in games. Yes, yeah. let's just not have this yeah. stuff, stuff happen. Yeah,
1: let's. let's do that. Don't yeah, ra- rape should not be yeah. in a game. No, like to PCs, to NPCs, like that is just not something that should be in a game. Like I don't. I. I, I just. I mean. Maybe I'm particularly sensitive to this, but it's like okay, I don't ever want to sit at the table and have it involve that at all. Of course, like I am playing yeah. in a yeah. world with magic, and I'm a badass sword fighter or whatever because I want to get away from things I don't like. You know, some yeah. days it's you know the papers I have to grade. You know, rape is also on the list of things I would like to avoid personally.
2: I'm Just... picking up what you're putting down.
1: Yeah, yeah. 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 see, grading papers yeah. is the worst. So. Well, and I, and rape, I, also.
2: I, I think I would also raise a, a question of. If I was playing under a game master who had my character knocked out and then he only raped, it, w- it would not only just be I'm upset with what happened. It would be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Or oh, like, yeah, where is yeah, your right. head at? Yeah, and, like this is good storytelling. It's right. not like you set it up like you're okay. If you guys get knocked out, you're going to the Isle of the Rapists. You know what's going to happen, right? <laughs> yes, There's another that's right. That was set up. We're on so the time. Wrong
3: same page here,
2: yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. This is a contest for the right to butt rape. I mean, right. Okay. Well, and still messed up
1: but yeah because RPGs like you know someone was mentioning the uh, an email earlier like this is sometimes how people explore other parts of their personality like suddenly I'm at a table and I'm like oh you are exploring raping people exactly like mm-hmm. that makes That's, me incredibly uncomfortable because this is something this person is obviously somewhat. Awful. yeah it's like well you know, I that, certainly and that, was the,
3: and, that was, yeah. and that was the thing that made this particular incident even weirder because I mean I certainly knew what he was like as, as a person, and I got that. I understood that part of his personality and all that kind of thing. But those types of things never materialized at the, at the table when he was a player. I mean, as mm-hmm. a, like with his PC, he never pursued anything of those of actions whatsoever. Nor with any of the other uh, other characters when he was running things. It mm-hmm. was just it was a, it was a weird. I mean, I don't know if it was looking for if if he was trying to humiliate this particular PC in such a way and his mind just went, you know, way off the deep end, or what was going
2: on in there in that thought process. It just Yeah, this this was something that I worked out a couple of years back. Um not not that rape's a bad idea, but, but something within the context of That came to you long play. before. Um but anyone who's who's a cross show listener also listens to fear of the boot is well familiar with good old gnarle the knoll and when i was playing gnarle and trying to shape knowledge society because chad had given me pretty he was a gm he gave me pretty free reign to design that (coughs) that culture and rather than doing hyenas which are actually cats Mm -hmm. um i based them I made them dog men and base their society all around the way that dogs socialize.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: And um, so there was a lot of stuff that went on in their society that was about position and dominance and and so on and so forth. And I, I des- once again designed it very heavily on the way the dogs socialize. And when I got to the particular issue of their sexuality, what I decided was, you know, I don't want to involve that in their struggles of dominance because the only way you involve sex and dominance in a violent society is mm-hmm. rape. I mean, that's violence plus sexuality equals rape. I mean, it's that simple. And so the way that I wrote around it was I went with the fact that, um, dogs, generally speaking, do not have sex at will for pleasure. Mm-hmm. They do it as an estrus thing. You know, it's more of a, it's,
4: it's uncontrollable.
2: They go into heat. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. It's more of an urge than it is a desire. And so, to them, they simply had very outside of seasons of estrus, they had very very little interest in sex. They didn't have a casually sexual society. Mm-hmm. And so, even if it was a male on female where there was a struggle of dominance, it simply never involved sex of any kind you know they'd, they'd punch each other around but they would never go to that level and so i just found a way to write that portion that avenue of violence out of the way um and, and in fact it actually came up in rp several times because uh the two humans that were in the party with him were both pretty promiscuous. Um, and he just never understood it. He just is like, I don't get your prefixation with this. You know, it, it'd be like to him, it was no different than being absolutely obsessed with taking a dump. This is just what you do. Like, why or why is this such a central part of your life and and whatever?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's that, a great that, way to handle it.
0: That actually calls back to uh, the Ring World series, Louie Wu and the Zen,
5: because
0: mm-hmm. that because Louis Wu has a girlfriend at one point, and they're like. Screwing like bunnies all over the place, and every so often this in comes in like she's ah, not even in heat. What are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> what's wrong with you? It's like she's not even in season. Which I, I have the email now. If you'd like to, oh, all
2: okay. right, okay. yes, what's our riddle?
0: Right. Riddle me this, douchebags. Salutations. I write you today to commemorate my c- commemorate my virginal gaming experience, and I looked it up. Virginal is also an adjective, not just the little piano spinet thing. Ah, uh, it was years ago. Yeah, you know the it's like a little yeah, piano that, a virginal. Yeah, that
1: would not be the first thing I thought of when I heard virginal.
0: I, I did not realize it was an adjective. I thought I thought I thought virgin would also be an adjective.
1: Ah, I see, I see what you mean. I was like
0: But I was wrong. It actually is. Yeah. It was years ago now, but still inclines me to roll my eyes to the point of pain when I think it when I think back. My initial experience was encouraging. The GM and I came up with a great in-story reason why my character would be missing most of the weeks because I went to a different university at the time, and we would work together to to set up an awesome character concept and backstory. Everything was going great. Um, The first actual game night, however, things took something of an unfortunate turn. Player, I'd like to talk to the uh, caravan guards. GM, they don't trust you, and they raise their crossbows when you open your mouth. Player, I raise my hands and tell them we would like to help them. GM, they fire. Hmm. Player, do I at least get a diplomacy check? GM, I said, they fire. Roll initiative. Hmm. As combat wrapped up, I asked if we could knock them out, since my character was strongly against killing. The GM responded that they were war-forged robots so they could not go unconscious and would keep fighting until either we or they were dead. The next session, ah, how naive I was to think things might actually improve, the party was plucked into the astral plane to attend a meeting of the gods so they could give us a quest to, to fight a great evil, the equivalent of killing the seven spirits of Ventusler. Oh, he put an umlaut over you. Uh... or or however the hell you spell it. The GM speaking through the gods decided to blackmail us into accepting a quest by mentioning killing the innocent guards, who had in fact been guarding a divine messenger and couldn't risk unknown people compromising their mission. Gosh, didn't you guys figure that out? The GM inquired. When we finally accepted the mission, (laughs) we were dropped back to the mortal world near the location of our first objective. You see the elven forest... The, the, this is the GM. You see the elven forest where one of the evil spirits reside resides spread out ahead of you. Off to your left is a lone tower, and behind you is open grassland. Player one. Okay, let's go to the forest. GM. But there's a tower. Me. The gods didn't mention a tower, did they? GM. Whining. Ah, come on, guys! Player one. Fine, we go to the tower. I try to pick the lock on the door. The door doesn't open. I cast knock on the door and try to unlock it. Nope, nothing. Uh, Player 3. I smash the door with my strength. GM. The door swings open as soon as you touch it. Jeez, guys, it wasn't even locked. Oh, my God. (laughs) What followed was a long series of convoluted booby traps, mazes, and ambushes, culminating in a dead-end hallway with scripts in different languages along the walls. We translated them and then got down to solving the riddle they formed. Most all have owned me at some point in life. To some I bring pleasure, to others pain. Seldom am I missed till after I am gone. At times I am treasured and at others ignored. While often called beauty I have no value, you have one guess each. Uh, Hosts, what do you suppose the answer might be?
2: Okay, can you read that? Yeah, read read it again. Sure
0: most ha- most have most all have owned me at some point in life to some i bring pleasure to others pain seldom am i missed till i am till after i am gone at times i am treasured and at others ignored while often called beautiful i have no value
1: was it hinted at earlier in the email no oh some
2: most all have owned me at some point in life. To I have a guess.
1: So you said virginal and that's what I was thinking. Virginity. Yeah. Nope. No? Okay.
2: Water. <laughs> <laughs> <Diamond>. Um <laughs>
3: I'm gonna guess uh, I'm gonna guess children.
2: No, no. no. That's a good one. There's another. Per- yeah, I was thinking youth, except it says most all, not all. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Owned me. If it was all have owned me, I would say youth. But it's, it's not most, most all. all. It was most all. Most all have owned me at some point in life, to some ever in pleasure, to others pain. Seldom I am missed till after I'm a
1: vibrator. Dead. <laughs> it's probably not the answer. It's, no,
4: it <laughs> probably is because uh, he said he was no, a, for an
3: absurd answer. No, no. that's it, um, not the answer. None, that, uh, the Non railroading plot lines. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: <Right>.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's my favorite.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um,
0: He's, not, he said he, he continued. The, the party argued over it for about half an hour. Mm. We knew out of character what kind of person the GM was. Uh-oh. Specifically, the dude had love, duty, honor tattooed on his back. And so uh, when we eventually made our guesses prompted by the GM declaring that the walls had started closing in on us. Was it duty? No. Ah. Uh, We said things like love, friendship, and beauty. Each time the GM responded, wrong, you disappear, take 3D10 damage. Once we had all reappeared in a different hallway with no explanation as to why or how, we paused the game and asked what the fuck the actual answer was. His answer? Come on, guys. It was hair. How much more obvious could it be? Guy.
2: What? What? Who has been hurt
0: by hair?
2: (coughs) What? (coughs) What? (coughs) Um, Other than Rapunzel, I I don't know how anybody's weaponized hair. Let's work through this. Okay, so let's just swap (laughs) out the me's for hair. Most all have owned hair Hair. at some point in life. Okay, Okay, I guess that's true to some hair brings pleasure okay i okay. guess i get it. yeah that. to others hair brings pain what if it's pulled so seldom hair is missed till after it's gone well how do you miss hair before it's gone this doesn't even grammatically work right mm-hmm. at times hair is treasured at others hair is ignored okay i guess that's true while often called beautiful, I have no value. Do you have any idea how much a human hair wig goes for? Oh, yes. no kidding. Right, yeah.
1: Like hundreds of, yes, I actually.
2: Yeah, but not in not in
4: Lord of the Rings times.
2: Okay. No,
0: probably even more. That was more
4: expensive. No,
2: yeah, it was, no, hair was, human hair being sold in the Middle Ages. That was still absolutely a thing. Right. What are you going to make? What are you going to make it out of polyester in the Middle Ages? Well, I'm just <laughs> trying to <laughs> play
4: devil's advocate here, which is <coughs> a bunch of hairy barbarians everywhere. No, no, it's
1: not actually was, how the Middle Ages worked. I mean, <laughs> like that's how I imagine them, but that's not how it worked.
0: There's No Vikings, yeah. Oh, Vikings! All right. He continues. The side quest, which let me let me remind you, we would have ignored except the G- for the GM's whining, culminated in a fight with a fire spirit in the top of the tower. Who, according to the GM afterward, Burned all the had, hair off. Had and I quote, absolutely nothing to do with the main plot, and that was the last time I gamed with that group
2: yeah
3: (laughs) for the record good choice
2: yeah i blame your hair takes 3d 10 damage (laughs) (laughs) for the record save versus (laughs)
0: ball hey who would want to do that uh i blame the unrealistic expectations my younger self held squarely on on his shoulders you spoiled me Leading me to expect GMs to encourage player agency, oh. having interesting plots, and building meaningful stories. How dare you? Kind regards, Ollie from California. P.S. Obligatory drink, you swarthy
2: bastards.
5: I know. I'm out of.
2: You want some, Ollie, I, got, I, some, I got some I'm rye. I'm sorry, man. The, the, this is terrible. Whole thing, start to finish is rip, it alternates between railroady and stupid. And yeah. it's, it's oh, a yeah. really lame Come riddle. Oh, God. It's a horribly lame riddle. Hair. We really want to go to the forest. Hair that's terrible
1: I think every single one of our answers is like 10 times better
4: yeah, like even no, yeah. the
1: vibrator was uh, better than that
4: I gotta say oh, I've absolutely. tried to craft riddles before and it's not easy No, it isn't. I've, I usually stolen them from other places and then uh, yeah. a, to come up with your own original riddle I give them marks for that yeah. now water was a better answer but still it, it is hard so I mean if you've ever tried to craft one
2: Oh, wa- yeah, water would be a good answer. Yeah, water, water does bring both pleasure and pain. Mm-hmm. It's oftentimes taken for granted until it's gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, same with children. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I think yeah, Virginity? children, water. I think there are answers that work. Hair doesn't work. I mean, okay. I guess I don't know. Maybe unless you've been like somebody being hung by like a horsehair rope. <laughs> Who's ever been hurt by
0: hair? Okay. Ma- maybe he shaves poorly and gets ingrown hairs.
1: Those are painful, but also, like, your hair gets stuck on stuff, and it it hurts. If you've ever slammed your hair in a car door...
2: Oh, it But But then it's the car door, so maybe the car door is the answer. (laughs) There
1: you go. Because
2: the car door could also slam a finger, a toe... I mean, any number of things. This could be a a personal thing. Maybe he
3: meant the musical. Well,
2: could be physical hair. Yes.
4: No, no, it's never been. Called he could just be no a very place. hair suit kind of guy, and so he's um. embarrassed by the fact that every time he takes his shirt off, it looks like he's wearing a rug. So it could hurt him, you know, it, 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 emotionally.
2: Okay, Maybe he yeah, means... my brother's like that. He jumps into a swimming pool, right? Then, yeah, and children he, run and flee. Yeah, yeah, and the rest of us just hit hard concrete. He rings himself out. So yeah, I, I get that. Okay, um, yeah, I'm Ollie. I'm terribly sorry, and I'm glad you stuck with the hobby. Yeah,
1: me too. that's all I can say. <laughs> I'm always amazed when I hear these stories. I'm like, thank you for like staying yeah, like, with us. It's worth it. I, yeah.
2: I don't know how you're still a role player, but I'm glad you I'm glad are, exactly. and I'm glad you found something better because. <laughs> last time you guys were on I shared the worst story we'd ever heard it came it came
4: across on, on our thing and I'm astonished that those people like are still playing and so it was it was truly horrifying was and, the Donald ducking incident yeah the Donald ducking incident and that's putting it mildly and it was uh, all of these horror stories we always I, I enjoy them because we all learn from that journey and a lot of us can go yeah God I was in a oh my god and it we can commiserate you know misery loves company
1: I don't know if enjoy
2: is the right word. I I can't. Okay, some of these, some of these are like okay, they're cringe games, and and most people when they're younger they have some cringe games. Yeah. And, they mature and they 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 learn better storytelling, and they develop socially, and get past it. And, and with those, I can commiserate. But, but the ones like your the dude that just started spanking yeah. on stream. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I'm sorry, I have no framework no. Of none reference. of us did. None of us did. <laughs> right.
1: The you know, chat room was. Is, a- oh, sorry. Go ahead.
2: Players showing off their nuts to each other. I've, I've got no frame of reference there. No.
1: Uh, Chris, the chat room was asking earlier, how old were you with the uh, when you did the game that where there was the rape incident?
3: Yeah that happened I want to say that was late <laughs> 90s I think okay. so cuz it was I think that was pre it
2: was See pre what? third edition 73 74
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hey, he called if, you no, old. was uh, that would put me that would have put me l- late 20s early 30s most wow. likely um, so I, and that was a thing, and I even I even answered.
2: It was um, kind of old for that. I, I would expect <laughs> that to somebody's teens.
3: You See, and that was a thing: is that that type of juvenile BS that we would we, we would have yeah. that you would have in your games when you we were that those ages. Um, that was long gone. It just that kind of stuff didn't. Yeah. It just didn't happen, you know. So that would that made it even weirder.
1: Yeah. Totally interesting.
2: So, yeah.
1: All right. I think that's right. a lid. Yeah,
2: we're good. Thank you guys for coming in. Yeah, it was awesome. Appreciate it. Well, once again, thank you guys for having us. Yeah, so. thank you.
4: It's always good to talk to you. I and mean, we really need to get a whole podcast about podcasting with you guys <laughs> and how the thing nice. has changed. Because that's actually. We could talk for hours on that. all of us Oh I could Yeah
1: shoot
2: shoot me an email Let's get this Let's get this going Right That's what I'm saying We'll all
1: start a new podcast About podcasting Because that's all That's what we all need to do
2: Is less Have another podcast we'll make an AP out
1: of it There we go We'll
0: make an actual play About actual (laughs) Yeah That's so
5: meta
1: (laughs) So meta I love it All right. (laughs)
4: Thanks guys
1: All right. here we go
0: Oh the Russian National Anthem We're there Thank you for joining us For season 22 Episode 1 Of Happy Checks Over Your Podcast My name is Stu
1: My name is
4: Kimmy
1: And who are you guys
0: Dan And Chris And thank you Dan and Chris From Through the Boot Yeah Thanks, And we should guys. do this Again sometime Absolutely Uh And uh, games coming up We have games on Saturday We have games on Sunday And we have games on Monday Yep And and this weekend is the
1: con So we're doing the live from the con Tomorrow tomorrow. 8pm
0: Pacific time Yep
1: So Thank you very much
0: We'll leave with a song He's he's beat is red
5: should be, tis not fit, that red 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 in, red 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 in competition said. in competition w- set who can, can, drink, drink, more, who can, who can drink, drink more? Who can drink? 10 can times can times drink ten times more than more than more. He can drink ten time ten more times more than drink more than drink ten times more, drink ten times, more than, 10 times times more than, than, than drink more he make a new world be power, divine works, divine works. A but a world. World world start, a thing. Make a new world is fine. A world wine. A world with nothing but wine. Make new world deep With wine. wine? new world. Start with world. nothing else but wine. Let wine Let be Let's let wine. Let's be wine, yes, and wine 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 and let that wine be for me.
0: The preceding program has been a presentation of the Angry Folk Media Empire.